Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Idaho Sports Talk with Prater in the Ballgame. So many ways to listen on 95.3 FM, 1350 AM, and always streaming on the new and improved KTIK app. I don't normally do this, but what the heck? Hagalaga on a Super Bowl Friday. What's going on and welcome to what we hope is your favorite sports talk radio program. This is Idaho Sports Talk. We're Prater on the ball game. And however you found us, much appreciated you. Tuned on in to KTIK Sports Radio, the ticket. Like, subscribe, follow us on social media. Make sure to remember our phone number, 208-424-9300. Call or text that hotline. We'll get you going. Lots to get to today from the Row Paint Studio. I'm Johnny Ballgame with one of our partners here, our program director, board operator, John Patrick. What are you Looking forward to most this weekend. Well, Big weekend. Well, I'm look. Who isn't looking forward to the uh, Super Bowl? But I have a question. Why did Why did we ever get away from Hagalaga? I always enjoyed Hagalaga. Yeah, it I, got us I, off I, to a been, good start. It's been and, uh, It's been fewer, fewer, and further between. Hasn't you used it? to end the show with a Hagalaga. Then we did, now we end the show a different way. I don't know, man. Right? I, I I think we should put a poll up. Should we bring Hagalaga back on a permanent? Basis? I think people would say no on that. <laughs> Prater, here we are. Super Bowl Friday. Now some Super Bowls pack a bigger punch. The matchup, the storylines. How excited is my partner on this Super Bowl Fifty Eight Friday? Oh, I would say I'm pretty excited. I mean, it's not Pittsburgh Steelers excited. It's uh, it's not a. I don't know if this is a classic matchup, but maybe it kind of is. We're going to devour and and try to figure that out today. But uh, I'm excited. I think it's really cool, and uh, looking forward to uh, the big game on Sunday, and looking forward to meeting some peeps. We got some information for you here in a few minutes, and uh, ball game. This is going to be a spectacular weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's one of my favorite shows to do of the year. Um, it's a, it's a celebration of football. You know, this is the last game of the year for, for you know for however you pretty much look at it and the NFL goes away for a while then you kind of get excited for the draft but no you know this is always kind of a little bittersweet and this is always a celebration of yet another another wonderful football season here on KTIK nobody airs more of these games than we do throughout the year and uh, we are airing Super Bowl 58 so if you're running to the store you're headed to your party you're headed home from a party you have a right here on KTIK to make sure you keep up with all the good coverage but Prater our coverage today doesn't get any better than five o'clock uh, we've made a habit of this and I'm fortunate we all are our Super Bowl 58 correspondent Dirk Cutter ah nice we're looking forward to that he's been with us all playoffs and uh, we've really enjoyed this. Makes us a lot smarter. Makes us laugh. Entertains us along the way. But today we're going to dive deep into the Super Bowl and his good friend Andy Reid. What his connections are to the 49ers, the defense versus the offense, the offense versus the defense, and maybe some intangible stuff. But yeah, you're going to want to take notes. You're going to want to listen to Dirk Cutter. When you show up at your Super Bowl party on Sunday, you're going to need some Dirk Cutter information in your back pocket. Bronco Hoops fans will get you covered with Bob Beeler giving you four things to watch for. 
Prater, big action tomorrow in Logan, Boise State, Utah State, two of the four teams tied at first place in the Mountain West, and that's a big game for the Broncos. We'll be airing it on our sister station, KBOI, but a lot of Bob Beeler talking Boise State hoops. B.J. Rains, Bronco News Report. We'll talk basketball, but also some football, too, with B.J. Oh, yeah, 8 o'clock tomorrow night. This is a monster game. Isn't it? it? Logan is such a great place to play, and it's so intense to play there, and this game is going to be just as intimidating as it could possibly be. So uh, I can't wait to see how Boise State responds after the loss the other night and going into Logan. That was my biggest worry with this basketball team is going on the road and winning these two games. That's why I thought Colorado State was so important. Didn't get the job done in that pretty good environment against a pretty good team. The environment and the team, both of them, elevated tomorrow. Can Boise State bounce back? 8 o'clock on a Saturday night. Kind of a nice way for a lot of folks in Boise State sports fans to get a pretty exciting little dose exciting little dose of sports and Boise State Hoops Prater on Saturday night and then Sunday, obviously, uh, you have the Super Bowl and everything that comes with that. I'm a little worried. Is is that too late for you tomorrow night? Can you hang until 10, 10, 15, 10, College basketball? Yeah, I can watch a game at 8. It'll be over by 10, 15. Hopefully be in bed by 11. 11.30, wake up the next day about 9-ish in the morning, and I'm rock solid ready to go. I do have questions for my partners here, and if the listeners want to chime in on this, go right the heck ahead. I'm doing the Super Bowl solo. It's a solo Super Bowl for your boy, guys, but I'd want to hit a home run with the food. I'm not going to cook all that much. I probably won't cook it all. If you guys had solo Super Bowl options for food, you know, give me some suggestions or think about it. What within reason I could all spend money, Prater. You get the nice spread in front of me, but I want to make sure I eat really well while I'm watching the Super Bowl alone. And maybe some other people out there are as well. What do you guys don't see? I have a pet peeve with that, and this is personal for me because the wife always, whenever we go out to dinner, the wife always asks the waitress, What's good on the menu? You know, what's good? She's one of those. I do that, too. Why? Why not? <laughs> Why? What do you mean? Well, how does they she know. know what you like? Maybe I hate Brussels sprouts. Mm. Maybe I can't stand your cheeseburger. Maybe I don't want your stupid coconut prawns. Maybe I feel like more like a teriyaki ribeye or something like that. Yeah. What are you hungry for when you wake up on Sunday morning? You're the one that should answer that question. What? Why should other people tell you what to eat? Well, they could suggest items, and I could think, hmm, does that sound good or not? Huh, Prater, I never thought of that. That's something within my means as well. What, what Maybe you, I'll go ahead and try it. What, what the heck? Suggestions are always okay, but I. it's always about what you wake up on Sunday or Monday or whatever given day. I'm not so much peeved at you. Maybe you just kind of... Uh, you know, hit a nerve with the with the wife, and I always think it's really weird just asking other people what's good on the menu and what should I eat. I have no problem putting yeah. food in my pie hole. I've never asked another person what I should eat, and I think that's kind of weird. So you because you assume that you have different taste buds than that person, so what you find tasty might not me mean what I find tasty. So why the hell are we even having this conversation type of thing? Is that kind of what you're thinking? I, I think you should just wake up on Sunday morning and eat it, whatever what, the hell what you feel doing. like eating. Yeah, so that kind of gets you when your wife says, hey, what's good here? You're kind of like, honey, uh, what do you expect <laughs> her to say for one? What I say to the restaurant person or my server, I say, What's the best thing you have on the menu? If you could eat here, and I say this, I say this, if you could eat here one more time, what are you ordering? And the guy or girl back, mm, you know what, I'd do this. That's what I want then. 
That's <laughs> smart ordering, Brander, yeah, no. and I take his or her word for it. That's yeah. a good order. Yeah, no, I'm not sure I buy into that. So. Shafee's shaking his head, too. I, you guys, I want nobody telling me what to eat. Item. Yeah, no, I don't need anybody telling me what to eat. Uh, so. Don't anybody text me. And tell me what you're eating, Solo Super Bowl, people. It's going to bug Prater. No, unless, no. Unless you want to bug Prater, no, hey, send away. Send away. I don't get. I don't want to get in the way of your food appetite on Sunday. So I'm going to send you a text message on Sunday and tell you what I think you should eat. This is going to be a do fun I have a show. Ch- do I have a chance for you to say yes to what I, what I offer Hell on Sunday? Hell yes. Prater, I take what you say as gospel. You know well, that. Well, that's not true. But you and I Come do on. have pretty much the same palate, which pretty much means we'll eat anything. Yes. <laughs> We will. JP. Uh, JP won't eat anything. That's why he's shaking his no, head. No, my, my wife will make some chili, but the first thing I ask when I get to the restaurant is, why is the uh, print on this menu so damn small? Oh, JP. Okay. And then, oh, you're that uh, guy. But I'm never going to I'm never gonna ask commercial. anybody oh. what I should eat because I'm already going to have an idea before I even get there. Yeah. There's probably three things on every menu that I've eaten before, and I'll stick with one. Have you ever been to a restaurant, JP, that that doesn't have the physical menu? You simply just take a picture of the screen on the table, and then that's your menu on your phone? No. I had a feeling he has a predator. You've probably been to several of those. Yeah, and, and yeah. You, we've had this conversation on the air. It bugs you, and it didn't bug me. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I got He's no never problem. even been you to take one a of picture those of the menu. And well, it's just a so QR code. They you know, do it all over the place, and it just anyway. crops up on your phone, and which is really weird because I don't ever use my phone. Johnny does use his. Johnny's glued to his phone twenty four hours. But if a restaurant asks him to use a QR code to get a menu, it so drives you crazy. It's so true. And then I don't want to do it. You like, don't. No, you bring me a menu, dude. Like, which was a thousand, which is so crazy. Which is sticky and a thousand people have touched, though. I know, Think Brandon, of all the people so that have touched the menu. It's gross and it's That's sticky. so true, man. I thought you just said you just ask them what's the best thing you have here and well, you order it. a lot of times it. I do, but I always look at the menu first and then I ask them, <laughs> what's the best item on this menu? Uh, He's contradicting you, so Fred. I can't Friday. believe anything he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> we got a funny story to tell about if not for the city of Boise, Brock Purdy mate might not ever have been born. Oh, I don't and zero. Crater has evidence yes. to this. You were there. It's not my, my it's not might not have ever if the city of Boise didn't exist, Brock Purdy wouldn't exist. We're going to tell you why at 4 o'clock. Reliant on the Super Bowl. Yes, 208-424-9300. Hillcrest Floral for Rock Jocks and Pop Culture. And, um, of course, Diamond Dig. We're going to do that um, next hour. So you will have your chance to tell us your story of you and that special someone and why you should have an opportunity on Wednesday at Pastry Perfection with Prater and myself to dig for a free Diamond Girls diamond ring. But Prater, until then, Super Bowl, big game, party patrol package. What we do every single year, 14 years or so, JP, and I said big game party patrol package there. Um, we have winners, don't we? I think so. Do we have winners, JP? We we not only have, we have eight winners. Oh, eight yes. Winners. I don't know. Maybe if Johnny's showing up and they wanted Prater... You know, th- then they're they're not quite the winner they thought they were. But we do have winners. Prater, you're winners. You, the, and you guys are just hearing about this for the first yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Raider, are you going to be visiting John in the uh, Eustick and Cloverdale area? Oh, I can do that. John in Eustick and Cloverdale. See you Sunday, buddy. And I'm worried about this one because Jeremiah lives over around Quail Hollow Golf Course. Ooh. Looks like. so, can uh, I sneak in a quick night? I don't know. I don't know. What's the weather going to be on uh, on Sunday? Yeah, I already looked. It's not golf Not weather, good. Which so, means I'll just have to drink more of this. What's his name? Jer- that would be Jeremiah. Jeremiah, I'm going to have to drink more of your booze if I can't go golfing, so be prepared for that. Looking forward to that. That so, guy probably loves golf, too. You'll probably really hit it off with yeah. Jeremiah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Raiders got John and Jeremiah. I will be going out to Canyon County and visiting with Luis nice. and Melissa. Nice. So we'll see you guys on Sunday. Johnny, you got a couple in uh, Southwest Boise. Okay. Anthony and Ryan are your two people. Looking very forward to meeting you. Anthony and, and Ryan. Ryan. Yes. You talk, you talk to these yahoos? I have not, but our promotion director did. And nice. the, you know, who wouldn't who wouldn't want to meet Johnny? <laughs> Who Anthony wouldn't want you? You know Ryan. what? I can see it already. It's on. He's going to go over to, to to Anthony and Ryan's, and he's going to go, I'm I'm soloing it. Can I hang out here? I might. Guys or I might pizza? take a lot of food to go, Prater, yeah. and just that's how I get my menu. That's how you Anthony roll. and Ryan, I come there, and I kind of take a few items and split. <laughs> Thanks, JP. Anthony and Ryan, I'm excited. And then Bob is going to be visiting uh, Mark on the bench. And Ben in East Boise. Nice. So it uh, sounds to me like we got uh, quite a bit of the uh, Treasure Valley covered with our party patrol coming up on Sunday. Love it. Congratulations yes. to all who entered that. And we can't wait to meet you guys. We got some cool packages. Plenty of winners still coming today with Diamond Dig. We'll qualify someone and a dozen roses for Valentine's Day next year for Rock Shocks and Pop Culture. It's Super Bowl Friday. You guys, when I say don't miss the next segment, I really do mean it. This is going to be a lot of fun. Prater, hey, who would you rather? (laughs) 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 That always makes me laugh. We're going to play a Super Bowl 58 edition of (laughs) Who Would You Rather when we come back on Idaho Sports Talk. Original Kids Fair presented by Bymart, Saturday, February 24th. Special guest, Bluey, Expo Idaho, JP. That's Saturday, February 24th, the original Kids Fair. Super Bowl 58, Chiefs, 49ers, Sunday, February 11th. Our pregame coverage begins at noon with kickoff at 4.30. Super Bowl 58 is on Sports Radio The Ticket and streaming on the KTIK app. I swear, our listeners at some time or another have have done just about every single occupation we come up with. Prater, I've read this text through the break. I want to make sure your wife hears this as well. It's from our buddy Alejandro in Caldwell. Alejandro says, I've worked in the food industry for a long time, and we can't stand it when a customer asks, what's good here or what do you recommend? Just don't do it. That's what all hundred percent agree. You know what kind of pressure we're putting on those people? Because you know what, my wife and you, when when you get the wrong answer and you don't like your food, you're gonna blame Alejandro. I will. And who wants that kind of pressure? Be responsible for what you put in your I own just, mouth. I, I put. I, I trust Alejandro enough that dang it, what's the last meal you would ever order from here? It's going to be good. I don't factor in that maybe we have completely opposite taste buds. But you're right. If I eat that meal and it stinks, I may not say anything to Alejandro because I might be too scared of the confrontation with him in the restaurant. But 
I will tell everybody I know, hey, that dude Alejandro said that this was the best there, and I ate it, and it stunk. And, yeah, I will. Leave. I probably won't go back to the restaurant either. There you go. <laughs> stop asking, I probably wouldn't. Stop asking waiters what's good on the menu. Just make a grown-ass decision on your own. 208-424-9300. What do you guys think? Again, a lot of food consumed this weekend, JP, who would you rather a Super Bowl edition? How are we doing this one today? All right, all right, all right, Idaho Sports Talk listeners. It's time to get a little weird. Time to get a little crazy by asking the question, who would you rather? Think about it. All right, Patrick Mahomes could join the club of quarterbacks with three or more Super Bowl wins as a starter on Sunday. Right now there are four, Tom Brady, Terry Bradshaw, Joe Montana, and Troy Aikman. So these are the four quarterbacks we are talking about today when we do Would You Rather. All right, Prater, let's start with you. Who would you rather watch the Super Bowl with one-on-one? Ooh, that's a good one. I'm, I'm going to pick Tom Brady. I, I'm going straight for the GOAT. I, I know this sounds weird, but I, I don't like Terry Bradshaw. He's just a little too squirrely mm. for me. Uh, Troy Aikman, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't invite him or, or hang out with him under any circumstances. Uh, Joe Montana would be pretty cool. Joe Cool would be pretty fun. But come on, Tom Brady, are you kidding me? At a Super Bowl, if me and him could sit side by side at a Super Bowl and watch it on TV, be the greatest three and a half hours of my life. Give me Tom Brady. Um, I can't do Brady. That's just too big. He's too big. That moment's I wouldn't be able to handle it. Just me and Brady watching the Super Bowl. I'd have a million questions, and none of them would have to do with the game going on. Um, Terry Bradshaw's Super Bowl party for me would be like uh, there'd be like a band playing, Duck Dynasty people running around, ADHD flying off the wall. Like that wouldn't be fun. Me and Terry <laughs> alone just couldn't couldn't focus yeah, together. I'm going Joe Montana. Cool Joe. I would what? love to sit down, watch the Super Bowl, just me and him in a room with the chips, the dips, and the dorks, talking football, sharing memories. Give me Joe Cool, JP. All right. You uh, you mentioned, here's a, here's a food question, and you mentioned about the pressure being put on by guys like Alejandro to suggest things. So, Johnny, yeah. who would you rather cook your favorite meal for at a Super Bowl party? So you're, uh, the yeah. pressure is on you. I'm going Terry Bradshaw. Ooh. I think TB is probably down with country, with with down with like comfort food. I'll tell you this, guys. What I do in the kitchen better than anything else is fry up chicken. I have any any place worthy KFC wherever fried chicken. I'm really good at it, guys. Terry Bradshaw would love my fried chicken. I would be way too nervous. I couldn't talk cook for Tom Brady. I'd be too nervous. I'd mess up. Oh, he wouldn't want do your, it. He wouldn't want your chicken. Thank you. And Aikman's too professional and zipped up for me. I just hung out with Montana. Terry Bradshaw, yeah, I'll cook uh, check fried chicken for him and he'd like it. Prater, your specialty, who would you rather cook for? I'm going to probably have to sneak Terry Bradshaw in here because I can't just stick with Brady and Montana for my questions during this segment. And, and you know, a meal with Tom with Terry Bradshaw would probably be good. I like what Johnny just said. I mean, if I'm going to sit down and have a meal, I guess the game's on in the background, and we don't have to really talk about football. Uh, his ADD might kick in, and we can talk about food. We can talk about country music. We can talk about uh, all kinds of fun stuff. So uh, I think I would pick Terry Bradshaw. I think he'd be pretty innocent in that situation. All right, this is a, this is a Johnny Ballgame question. that He suggested this one, so Prater, forgive me. But <laughs> who would you rather ask forgiveness from? 
after clogging their toilet at his Super Bowl party. <laughs> oh. Johnny Balkin. Johnny Balkin. How often do you do that when you go to somebody's house? It's the worst thing you can ever do when you're a guest at a party is clog the person's toilet. He went toilet. dumb and dumber on you. Oh, Prater. Uh, Are you asking me right now? Yes. Unfortunately, it happened. You have to ask forgiveness of somebody. Well, you know, if, <laughs> if I'm going to plug somebody's toilet, what it's going to be Troy Aikman. And, and, I, and I, will, I will not be asking for forgiveness. Because he's oh, a cowboy? Yeah, and I'll just sneak out the back door and jump over the fence. <laughs> no, I wasn't anywhere near that bathroom. Johnny hey, Bogan, it's your question. Um, Well, you have to know that you are never being invited to this party again. Yeah. It's over for you. Yep. It sucks. You had an accident. You clogged the toilet to nobody's fault. Toilets clog. I couldn't do it with Tom Brady because I would never live live uh, if I knew I did that. I'd hate myself the rest of my life. I'm going to go Troy Aikman. <laughs> I think he's a pro. He's buttoned up. I think I would have to go up and I'd say, "Hey Troy, um, excuse me, I had an accident in your restroom and I clogged your toilet." <laughs> I think Troy Aikman would be business about it. Like, you know, that's okay. You know, it's okay. Don't worry. Yeah, we were having some problems with the toilet. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Now he would never invite me back. But I, I mean, I don't want to. Terry Bradshaw would laugh and tell everybody in the party, oh, "Ball game clogged my toilet." You know, I mean, no, thank you, Troy Aikman. I would, I would poor, most poor. likely have to have that conversation with Brady in Montana. No way. Poor Troy, poor Troy. All right, Johnny. <laughs> Troy, Prater would do it and then bail on him like, ah, ghost Steelers. Johnny. All right, Johnny. Who would you rather not go head to head? In a hot game of high stakes poker. Ooh, um, you got the means and everything, but uh, this guy, you know, I'm going to stick with Aikman okay. on that. He's buttoned up. He's a pro. He's dialed in. He could probably bluff. I don't really know where he's coming from. I, I'm going to go Troy Aikman. It'd be I wouldn't want to play poker with with Troy Prater. And looking at these four, I, I'm going to guess that Terry Bradshaw might be the only one who's playing a little poker. I can't see Brady sitting around the table with the boys smoking a cigar and playing poker. I can't. Okay. Uh, although he likes to drop F-bombs and drink beer and burp, so he can be a, a real dude sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Montana, you know, Montana's got that funny little uh, business going in California that can make things interesting. Aikman, again, no, I don't want to sit across the table from him. I just want to clog his toilet and run. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go Joe Montana because uh, Joe Montana could be kind of fun. Fire up some cigars and uh, and, and hang out and have a little bit of fun. Keep it low-key. We're not going to get too crazy, or we're going to gamble. We're going to play some poker, and we're going to have some fun. I, I, I like the uh, Joe Montana angle there. All right, Prater, uh, this is a who would you rather, and we are talking about Terry Bradshaw, Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Troy Aikman, all three-time or more Super Bowl winners. They're the only ones that have done it. Mahomes can join yes. this club with a win on Sunday. All right, Prater, you have a tremendous business idea. Who would you rather ask to invest oh, in Tom. Mike Prater Enterprises? Oh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's the greatest. I mean, Tom Brady is the master magician. Uh, maybe he can send me his business rep for a little bit of help. I'll fire up whatever business idea. Tom Brady is going to make it perfect. Everything Tom Brady touches to gold. So when I give him my business idea, I'll be a millionaire by the time the next Super Bowl rolls around. I would, Johnny I would, I would be just too embarrassed to even 
bring up that topic with Tom Brady. Hey, Tom, you got a couple bucks. You got a second here? I have a really good business idea. (laughs) Um, I'm calling Terry Bradshaw. He's probably the dumbest guy of this group to actually listen to me and maybe even pick up what I'm selling. You know, maybe I could convince Terry Bradshaw to give me a few bucks and invest in this ball game enterprises as opposed Troy Aikman won't even like me. I'll be too annoying for Troy. Montana and Brady, uh, they might like me, but they're not going to give me any money. Bradshaw's my only shot. Hey, Terry, I got this business. It's called Johnny 307, and I haven't been able to get it off the ground. It's a t-shirt line, yes. (laughs) All right, Johnny, um, who would you rather attend an Elvis impersonator show in Las Vegas with? Oh, jeez. I'm going to say Brady. You know, me and Tom out on the town, it's probably a, the best Elvis impersonator ever. If I'm going with Tom Brady, we're in Vegas, and I know wherever Brady shows up, there's going to be more of a commotion probably than the other three. But uh, I can I can handle it. I would like to laugh, and, and I like Elvis. I know a lot of his songs. I could sing along. I think me and Brady would have a ball. Prater? Elvis. I, yeah, I got to go Terry Bradshaw. I think he's the only one that would appreciate that. I mean, maybe maybe Troy Aikman. Wasn't he married to a country music He was married to Lori Morgan. I don't know who that is. Is but that she Bradshaw was a, or Aikman? That was Aikman. You no, know, Aikman was married to a country music chick. I think Bray, uh, Terry Bradshaw sings a little country music he back does. in the day. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't do anything social with Troy Aikman. Again, I just got to <laughs> plug his toilet and sneak out the back door. Uh, I'll go Terry Bradshaw. Brad, Terry Bradshaw yeah. at, at, at an Elvis Presley concert? Bring it on. That'd be awesome. <laughs> All right, Prater. Of these four quarterbacks that have won multiple Super Bowls, who would you rather ask for their phone number? Hey, can I put you in my phone? I need. You, can you give me your digits? You're at their who Super you Bowl party, and you, you, you feel comfortable enough to ask for their number. Hmm. Joe Cool. I think Joe Cool would give yeah. it back to you. I think yeah. Joe Cool would say, yeah, we're, we're, we're boys. We, we've just hung for three hours, and we had a good time, and... Uh, I'd be more than happy to give you my number. Don't call me all the time. Uh, I'll be businesslike. I won't be like Johnny, drunk dialing you at 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I'll probably reach out and bug you once or twice a year. And uh, I think Joe Montana would be very responsive to that. Joe Montana, put him in my Rolodex, baby. I'd roll the dice with Brady. He might not give it to me. He probably has three phones anyway, and he'd give me the one that he doesn't check as much. But just for... Just to have that moment, but Prater's probably Prater's probably on to something here. Of this four, Montana is pr- Bradshaw probably doesn't know his number, probably <laughs> you know, um, or doesn't have a cell phone, and you know, and and Aikman. I, I mean, what am I going to do with Aikman's number? He's too serious for me. It feels like. Give me, give me Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Let me see if he can. He'll give me his number. All right, Johnny. Who would you rather go to a football field? And catch some passes from. Just you and uh, one of these multiple Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. I'll make this quick. This is Brady. I mean, this is the greatest day of my life if I'm just out there playing catch and running routes, showing Brady how I can, you know, get that quick slant, really get my elbow in on the on the on the sluggo seam route I'm about to run. Hell yeah. I can't wait. Brader? Yeah, let's not overthink this one. I mean, if I didn't say Brady, I'd regret that for the rest of my life. Tom Brady. All right, Prater, uh, let's go with this one. Who would you rather not leave alone with your significant other? Oh, ho, 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 ho. 
Oh, man. Should we, uh, should we, we should, maybe we should ask your wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are we not leaving alone? Well, I mean, you know, Troy Aikman doesn't intimidate me. Um, <laughs> Terry Bradshaw's a goober. Yeah, uh, he's and, old. And I'm not too much, man, Montana. I saw Montana on, on Radio Row the other day. Dude still looks good. Dude is still smooth. He's about as smoking hot as he still has always been. But, and, and Tom Brady is Tom Brady. Ah. Uh, I'll take Tom Brady because even though he's the goat of human beings, I, I think uh, she would be too intimidated, and he would—I I think there'd be too much intimidation factor that nothing could possibly get done. Maybe a casual hug at the end of the night. Uh, I feel comfortable that Tom Brady couldn't get things taken care of. Yeah, Johnny. You know, my, my girlfriend says she—I mean, she's not a Brady fan. I mean, it sounds crazy, but she doesn't think he's. As hunky as I do. I'm going to say Troy Aikman. I would be worried. If Troy Aikman and my girlfriend were at a nice restaurant and there was white wine flowing and Troy looking like he looks and smiling, my girlfriend doesn't know jack or squat about football. She couldn't know what team Troy ever played for. But he's smooth enough. Mm. Bradshaw's too old. Montana's probably even too old. My girlfriend, though, yeah, she'd... um, yeah, she she'd love Troy Aikman. All right, uh, time for one more, Johnny. Who would you ra- who would you rather trust to be the general manager of your favorite NFL football team? A lot of trust. Good for one, you. JP. Good one. Um, I'll say Troy Aikman. I think he'd be. Yeah, I, wouldn't be too big. Uh, he's been in the game a long time with broadcasting. Again, I think he's smart. Um, I go Troy. Troy Prater, who are you leading to lead your team? Tom Brady. Tom Brady. He, he's, he's successful at everything he does. Finest touch, Super Bowls, Tom Brady. That is our latest. Who would you rather? I like it, you guys. Share your thoughts on the Cloverdale Plumbing text line, 208-424-9300. Leon Rice, Boise State Hoops coach, talks about the recent play of Tyson Dagenhart. And if you're looking for a new career or just a part-time job, Zamzos is hiring up to 80 people for full and part-time positions at their 13 Treasure Valley locations, you guys. Attend the Zamzos Job Fair today from 4 to 6. So you're going to have to head there soon at their State Street store. Uh, It's 4 to 6 today. Nobody knows like Zamzos. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM, The Ticket. From the com studio, Bob Beeler's coming up. Bronco Focus, he's got some things to watch for in tomorrow night's game, Boise State at Utah State. But first, this Ticket Sports Update is sponsored by Hillcrest Floral. Guys, do not blow it on Valentine's Day. It's next Wednesday, and one call to Hillcrest Floral. They will take care of everything, send the best and freshest flowers in Boise. So don't wait. Call 208 208- 345-5151. Order online also at hillcrestfloral.net. Of course, Boise State uh, showdown for first place in the Mountain West standings tomorrow night at Utah State. New Mexico, San Diego State, Utah State, and Boise State all at the top at 7-3. and three. And uh, Boise State's Tyson Dagenhart. He's averaging 27 points per game the last two games, shooting 80% from the field. Coach Leon Rice talked about T. Deggie in his last couple of games. He's a guy that just keeps getting better and better with his work. And, uh, you know, he just puts in the time and he puts in the work and he's a great teammate. And so, uh, but he's just been, like I said, that guy just, you never underestimate how his growth is going to be consistent. And that's what you see with him now. 
Prater, you've mentioned that he's he could be one of the best teammates uh, ever to play at Boise State. Unbelievable competitor. Um, when things don't go his way, he doesn't pout or point fingers. Uh, he just gets motivated and comes out next time and is just rocks the world. And uh, this guy is an amazing athlete. And this time here at Boise State's, uh, he's got a season and a month left. And uh, that's happening too fastball mm, game. I know, man. He's almost done. He's a senior next year already. And it doesn't feel like that long ago he was the freshman. And he's he's going to be one of a lot of people's all-time favorites. Don't take him for granted. Man, I, I just love Tyson Diggins. One of my favorites ever. Tip-off tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, with Bob Beeler and Abe Jackson on our sister station, KBOI. Idaho Steelheads, they play at home and home series with the Utah Grizzlies this weekend, starting tonight on the road. Steelheads are coming off a sweep last week. Uh, they are currently tied with Toledo for second place in the Western Conference. And the Steelheads, so far, they're a perfect 4-0 and against Utah this season. So let's uh, let's do some damage tonight. Cam McGuire has the call at 7-10, and then the series comes back to Idaho Central Arena tomorrow night. We have some uh, more coaching movement in college football. First, uh, a coaching opening was filled when Bill O'Brien reportedly taking the head coaching job at Boston College and he would leave Ohio State without ever coaching a game as their offensive coordinator. And then uh, this is kind of the shocker here. Chip Kelly reportedly leaving UCLA to become the new offensive coordinator at Ohio State. He's got a history with uh, Buckeye coach Ryan Day, played for uh, at New Hampshire when they were uh, when he, Kelly was an assistant there, and I think they made a couple other stops down the road as well. But Chip Kelly leaving UCLA. Yeah, I'll take exception to your word shocker um, because these have a deep relationship, uh, deep, deep relationship, Chip Kelly and Ryan Day. I mean, player, coach, quarterback, coach. I mean, that relationship goes deep. So that doesn't that, that doesn't surprise anybody. And Chip Kelly's applied for every job except ball games in the last month. <laughs> he's, yes. he's, he's literally applied publicly, publicly, for every opening there has been in the National Football League and college football over the last month, this guy might as well have put a, bol- a billboard on Hollywood Boulevard. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. He did it the diplomatic way, I guess, applying for jobs, and today he finally got one. And uh, what are the dominoes? Like, oh, well, yeah. We who have- want- UCLA is a Big Ten football job that's now open. Hopefully, there's no Boise State dominoes. There's no, I mean, someone's going to want this job. I don't know what they do. I've heard even, hey, call Pete Carroll right now. Have him come to UCLA and fix that thing overnight. I don't know what they're going to do. They'll, they'll, they'll promote from within. Yeah. We'll move everybody up, and then they'll hire a flunky number 10 assistant. Yeah. And finally, uh, Boise State softball started their season today at a tournament in Tempe, Arizona, and made school history as they knocked off their first-ever ranked opponent. 4-3 to three win over Northwestern. Good job, Schultze. Appreciate you, JP. Super Bowl Friday. We have Diamond Dig still coming up. Your chance to dig through a pastry perfection cake and find a Diamond Girls diamond ring valued at thousands of dollars. You're going to do that next hour. But first, Bob Beeler gets us ready. Boise State, Utah State tomorrow. KBOI coverage beginning at 730. It's Bronco Focus coming up on Prater in the ball game. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM, The Ticket. This is Bronco Focus with the voice of Boise State Athletics, Bob Beeler. Let's shift over to Boise State basketball for a second here on this Super Bowl Friday edition. Bob Beeler joins us on the call with Abe Jackson. KBOI tomorrow coverage beginning 
at 7.30. Bob, before we get into the basketball breakdown, hey, man, uh, congratulations. You'll be swinging by Mark and Ben's house on Sunday nice. as part of our big game party patrol. I, I hope they will be there, and I hope they will enjoy it as well. Talk Bob, Talk Bob's ear off, Mark and Ben, if you're listening. Really give it to him. Make it hard for Bob to say goodbye. Depends <laughs> <laughs> on what kind of food they have. You know, you never know, Good right? call, In Bob. Addition. All right. Big game tomorrow, it man. It is a big game. And this is the second rematch of the season. And the first time where Boise State did not win the first one. They lost in overtime. 90-84 to 84 in a game, which I don't think Boise State played a really good game against them. So I think Boise State had, it isn't like they ran into a buzzsaw. I think they helped him. Utah State, and I'm more concerned in this game about Boise State on defense because I think that's their calling card. And I don't think they played great defense against uh, Utah State in the first meeting. When we look at what Utah State does, they shoot 50% for the season. They average 81 points. They got 76 in regulation, and they had five guys in double figures. I think defense is more important. In the seven wins this year for Boise State, they've allowed 42% shooting. In the three losses they've averaged, opponents allowed them to shoot 49%. So I think it's going to come down to the defense in this game. This is what I want to watch. If it's closer to the 42%, I think that bodes well for Boise State. But if if Utah State's able to shoot closer to the 49% that Boise State has given up in losses, I think that's going to be bad for Boise State. Now, the last two games, Utah State's on a two-game losing streak. Uh, They only can shoot 41% against San Diego State and 39% against Nevada in the last 10 meetings between the Broncos and Aggies, whichever team has shot the ball better has won 9 out of 10. Check this stat out, Bob. Utah State is last in the Mountain West in three-point percentage. Mm-hmm. They don't shoot well. Now, they defend the three-point line pretty well. They're second in three-point percentage defense. I look for that to be an interesting factor tomorrow. Utah State doesn't hit the three well. For me, it's tough to win at a very high level if you consistently don't shoot the three well. And Utah State hasn't, They have not, but they shoot the two well, and they also get to the free throw line and make a lot of free throws. They did that in the last game. Good point. Second thing I want to look for in this game, just looking at the Colorado State game, they need some help offensively for Tyson. Tyson has had 24 or more points in three of the last four games. Max against Colorado State was number two with 11. And it's much like you know when you're playing blackjack. You want to see 16, 17. You want to see the teens, the high teens on your on your you know on your scoring totals, not 12, 13, etc. Yeah. Um, you know he was in foul trouble against the Aggies in the last meeting. Still got 24 points on uh, seven of 12 shooting. But I think when I'm looking for Boise State, when I say find help, I want to see Abo and Rice take step forwards because I think if they're doing things on the perimeter, I think it's going to make things easier for Degenhart and Stanley. So my second thing I want to watch for is does Boise State get some help from other people than Tyson Degenhart? Yeah, I need Omar Stanley to kind of step up. He's been trying to play. I don't know if he's cautious because of foul trouble or just a little bit more cautious, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Max, I don't think he had a big game at Utah State last year. I know they get after him pretty good. He usually responds when people get into his head, but I think he was just pedestrian at best last year, if I remember right. So I don't expect a big 25-point bomb from Max. 
I guess that means I need Abo to finally come yeah. through with a big game. But I don't think you need people to have 25. I think if you can go 14, 15 for a lot of guys, you know, the big four, if, you know, if Tyson's close to 20 and the other guys are around 14, 15, all of them, I think that adds to your total. And then I'm going to take a page out of the first meeting between the two teams. I want to watch for how this game is officiated. Mm. Because there were 44 calls, fouls called in the first meeting. Both teams took 31 free throws. So the number of free throws made and attempted were pretty darn close. Boise State obviously needs to keep its best players in the game. Stanley fouled out. I thought that was crucial in the overtime. Degenhardt had four. He had to kind of dodge things. Now, Utah State had some foul trouble as well, but it didn't seem like the guys picking up the fouls were their biggest guys. So I want to see. I don't know who's officiating this game, but I want to see how they're going to officiate. Are they going to call it really tight? Are they going to let everything go? Are they going to be all over the place? I think that'll be a factor in this game, especially down there. Yeah, I was with you, Bob. A couple of phantom calls the last time these two teams played. Uh, we heard some stats behind it, but yeah, let's get let's get the best crew available. Let's rock and Logan Hill. They're they're um uh, naming the court after the great Stu Morrill. It's going to be a fun environment in Logan. It will. And then the fourth thing I want to watch for is how Utah State handles adversity. They've lost two games in a row by double figures mm. to two good teams, to yeah. San Diego State and Nevada, and Nevada came in and beat them pretty good at home. Uh, how about these numbers? In the games that Utah State has won in the conference this year, they've averaged 83 points and shot 52%. In the losses, it's all the way down to 71 points and only shooting 40%. So they've had a diametric nosedive when they've gotten beat. So they're on a two-game losing streak. All of their three Mountain West losses have been by double digits. So we'll see what happens if they get you know, pressured again by somebody that's pretty good. They've lost to New Mexico, Nevada, and to San Diego State. Bob, I don't have a good feeling in this game. And I think Boise State's going to go in there and be competitive. I think this is going to be a great, phenomenal basketball game. I cannot wait to watch this sucker but I, I just think maybe that's too much of an environment in Boise State. This is going to be a tough road trip. The good news is, you tell me this morning in our production meeting, that the future schedule, the next three or four games, gives Boise State a little bit of a break. Yeah, they got Utah State midweek by next week, and then the next four will be home with Fresno and San Jose and then road with Wyoming and Air Force. You're going to face the next four games against teams in the bottom half of the league. Uh, I, I have more optimism. I've got optimism as far as talent. It is a tough place to play down there. Coach Rice has done, and his teams have done fairly well down there, especially when you compare it to what other teams in the Mountain West have done. You'd say they've done very well to have won four times times in Logan, but they're just going to need to play well. And I think that's the thing that, you know, the last couple of losses, I don't think they've played to their capabilities. And I think if they play to their capabilities, I think they'll be all right. All right, Bob, looking forward for you and Abe to be on the call. Coverage beginning at 7.30 on our sister station, KBL. KBOI. Bob, before we get you out of here, though, who you got to Sunday, Super Bowl, who wins? I think the Chiefs win. I hope I'm wrong, but I think the Chiefs, I think Mahomes is too good. Don't, don't bet against him. We got our Camp Rainbow Gold official picks coming up after we chat Super Bowl with Dirk Cutter. That'll be in an hour or so. Coming up, Brock Purdy would not exist, if not for Boise, Idaho, and Prater has proof. Prater on the ball game, Idaho Sports Talk, KTIK, the ticket. Next. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. 
Hey, quick shout out to all of our friends at the Boise Golf Show yesterday at Expo Idaho. Prater and myself had a blast getting to know some of you sweet swingers out in the valley. And a reminder, the golf show going on today and tomorrow. Uh, get more information at KTIK.com. That was fun, Prater. Oh, that was a blast. Enjoyed that. Enjoyed everybody for staying and uh, saying hi. Stuck around for a little bit afterwards and uh, did a little shopping myself. Pretty cool event. And uh, all day today, all day tomorrow. Don't forget, guys, it's not open on Sunday, so get out there either tonight. Uh, and the busiest place when I left at about 6.45, 7 o'clock was the bar. Yes, they have a – I think it's a full bar, too. I can vouch for Maybe that. it might be just beer and wine, but there's a bar – and it was busy, and uh, you could do that on a Friday night, all day Saturday. It's worth it, guys. Go check it out. Yeah, I mean, if you like golf, and I know a lot of you folks do that are listening, that is kind of your Super Bowl. Everything right there in one centralized location. <laughs> Pretty cool. If that, I was thinking about this. If they had the football show, <laughs> I mean, it could be anything from, you know, uh, new helmet designs, oh, shoes or gloves or broadcasting. It was just a football show. Prater, I would I would definitely be there, and you know this. But, we need more football nerds like you to make that happen. Yeah, yeah, probably not enough out there, Prater. It's yeah, just me and my close friends. But yeah. anyway, Prater, uh, you'll have an opportunity, Diamond Dig, coming up. But we want to go down story time a little bit on the show right now. It's Super Friday, Niners, Chiefs. Prater, you say Brock Purdy, 49er quarterback, might be a household sports name in about 48 hours or so. He wouldn't even exist if it was not for Boise, Idaho. And you know this. You were there, man. I can connect the dots. This is scientific proof. This isn't Prater being weird. Well, kind of connecting the dots a little bit. But, yeah, I 100% believe that. If it wasn't for Boise, Idaho, the human being himself, Brock Purdy, would not even exist. Let me take you back to 1987. Sean Purdy was a pitcher at the university. Well, Sean Purdy was coming up through college. He was a college baseball pitcher. And in 1987, he was drafted by the Pirates. Decided to stay in school. Could have gone. Yep. 1989, he was drafted by the Kansas City Royals. Decided to stay in school. 1990, he was drafted again, this time in the 26th round. Every year, he got a little bit better. He climbed a few spots every time in the draft. And in 1990, he was drafted by the Oakland A's. And said, yeah, I'm going to go back to school. Again, for the third consecutive time. He must have loved school. He must have loved school. gosh, man. Jeez. And then here comes 1991. And the California Angels draft Sean Purdy, a kind of a squatty little fireball-throwing, smart baseball player, great pitcher, in the 16th round, and they assign him to the Boise Hawks of the Northwest League. Short short season A, Boise Hawks, here comes Sean Purdy. Also that year, Eduardo Perez, yes, the son of Tony Perez, and the Major League Baseball analyst now. I don't, I don't know who he works for, maybe ESPN, but yeah. uh, baseball analyst now, the, the son of the late, well, yeah, I shouldn't say late great. Tony Perez, big red machine. Yeah. Eduardo Perez was the first round draft choice. He was the bonus baby that year in the 1991, picked 17th overall out of Florida State, and the California Angels assigned him to the Boise Hawks. So here's these two baseball players. Playing baseball for the Boise Hawks. It's my second year on the beat. Tom Kochman is the manager. Tom okay. Kochman was the greatest manager that we've ever seen around here. He coached 11 years for the Boise Hawks, won about 1,700 games in his major league career, 30 years in the major leagues. Oh, really? He, okay. He put these two together, and for the first time ever, the city of Boise won a championship, the Northwest League championship 
at Memorial Stadium. Sean Purdy was the starting pitcher. Sean Purdy went six innings. He was the ace of that staff. He had a really, really good season that year. He was 8-4 and four with a 3.01 ERA. Don't forget, guys, this was short season eight ball. Okay. So 8-4 record, 3.01 ERA. He's pretty good. He started 15 games, struck out 78 in 95 innings. That's not bad. Had a great year. His closer was Troy Percival, who went on to be a great closer, major league closer All for star. the Angels. All-star. All star. Yeah. Absolutely. That was his closer. And those guys with Perez playing in the outfield, Purdy pitching as the ace, Percival is the closer. They win a Northwest League championship. There's the dog pile at the pitcher's mound. There's a champagne celebration. As a matter of fact, let's just get right to it, JP. We found a YouTube clip, and here is Sean Purdy inside the Boise Hawks locker room talking about just clinching a championship. And you won't be able to see the visuals, guys, but just think World Series because it's the same thing. Tom Kochman thought that development also meant learning how to win, and he demanded champagne. He demanded the celebration. He demanded everything that you see on TV, and that's what's going on in the background. And you won't be able to see me, but I'm stuck in some corner hiding my my cheap camera, my oh. cheap my, my, my cheap self, though I'm recording whatever the thing I'm recording on back in the day. And I'm hiding in the corner trying to avoid as much champagne as possible. But here is Sean Purdy in 1991 after winning a Northwest League championship with the Boise Hawks. I didn't get to go the whole distance like I dreamed to, but I held him down. The guys keep putting up the runs. And I got our revenge. We all got our revenge. We're the champs, baby. We're number one. And that was it. That was that's that's all I could find from 1991. So here's where it gets a little weird ballgame. They win championships, everybody scatters their own way. They're gone for the winter. Uh, they probably go to extended spring training uh, the next year. And then they're assigned to long season, California League, Palm Springs. And lo and behold, Brock Purdy and Eduardo Perez are roommates now. Sean Purdy. Sean, what did I say, Brock? Yeah, Brock came later. Sean Purdy and Eduardo Perez are now roommates in Palm Springs, Long A Baseball. And at one night, they were all sitting around during the season. It was like a night, be- it was like one of their rare nights off. And Eduardo Perez had a friend in town who was bringing a bunch of females with him. And these females were models. And Sean Purdy was this kind of a business-like, not fun kind of guy. He wanted to stay home and watch films, study, work out, do whatever he did. But Eduardo Perez talked him into going out. And they went out with these models. And at the end of the night, Sean Purdy looked at Eduardo Perez and said, I'm going to marry that girl. And her name was Carrie. And she was a lifelong California girl, cute little blonde lady. And lo and behold, they got married. It worked out because of Eduardo Perez talking Sean Purdy into going out and chasing girls that night. After forming a relationship in Boise the year before, Sean Purdy met the love of his life, Carrie. They're still married. They have three beautiful children. You know of two of them. Brock Purdy's in the Super Bowl. Brock Purdy was a former Boise State recruit. Chubba Purdy is now the quarterback for Jeff Choate at Nevada. And the other one, a daughter, played college softball. So these two beautiful human adults created three beautiful human athletic kids. And now they have this rock star family And it all started because of Boise, Idaho, and that relationship with Eduardo Perez, and the roommate situation in Palm Springs, California, and that one night that Sean Purdy didn't want to go out, and he went out and he met the love of his life, and who knows when and where Brock Purdy was conceived. I don't have that kind of information, but they were eventually conceived, and Brock Purdy exists because 
Eduardo Perez and Sean Purdy met in Boise, formed that friendship, and went on to Palm Springs a year later. That is crazy. If anybody has any questions for Prater on this, 208-424-9300, call right now on the Double Tap Pub hotline. I'm going to start it off. I have a question. How did you connect the dots? I mean, you you remembered Sean Purdy. You covered that team. It was a kind of a big deal from out what you're saying. It was like the first what pro sports championship in the city of Boise? I believe so. I, I don't know if, they, I, if I, mean, I don't know if previous old time Boise minor league teams, you know, the Ricky Henderson errors, ever won championships. They may have. It was the most high profile professional sports championship in the city of Boise. It was a sold out crowd. It, it was, was crazy. a big deal. It was a town. big big deal. TV stations were there. Okay, they may have even been on live television. So you okay? So and, and you and you obviously knew who Sean Purdy was. He was their their best pitcher. He was their stud. He was their their ace pitcher on the Northwest League champion Boise Hawks. When did you realize Brock Purdy was Sean Purdy's son? Pretty quick. Maybe like even last year at one oh, point. Well, you didn't know when he was at Iowa State? Uh, maybe even then I did. Okay. Yeah, I, I, that connection came really, really early. And when in the Brock Purdy existence, maybe even when he came here as a Boise State recruit, you were like, we were I know and, that guy's dad. Yeah, yeah, and I because I covered, I covered every single one of those home games. I even traveled with the Boise Hawks back in those days. So I went to all their playoff games. I went to a whole bunch of their regular season. They let games. you on the bus travel? Um, well, either I, I, I did have a bus experience that I'll save that story for another time. But mostly, I traveled in my self in my car. You, yeah, yeah, you traveled on your own, and you just went, yeah, Everett, you Bellingham, yeah, yeah all, Portland, whatever, all those kinds of things, uh, and I knew that the information, and this is where I got to give some credit, the information about Brock Purdy and Eduardo Perez going off to Palm Springs, and I knew that they had gone off to Palm Springs together because I I followed them, I followed their journey, I probably even did stories on them while they went to Palm Springs, but I didn't know that they were roommates, and I certainly didn't know the night that 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 uh, that uh, life changing night. Where, where Sean met Carrie, running out chasing who knows what. And uh, I didn't know that until I read a story in The Athletic this week. And they did a really nice job. Uh, Tyler Kapner uh, did a really nice job in The Athletic talking about some of Brock Purdy's and Sean Purdy's connections and, and dad's minor league baseball career. It's a really good story. If you guys haven't read it yet, go check out The Athletic if you have a subscription and, and check out that story. There's a lot of Boise State stuff in there. Tom Kochman has commented on in there. A whole bunch of Boise people have been commenting on there. One thing that made me feel really good is because I've been spending the last year and a half trying to chase down Sean Purdy. I have connections and I've been able to throw out some messages to him either through the phone or social media have not heard a peep back and and we got along pretty good back in the day in this athletic article uh they wrote a whole paragraph about how sean purdy i'm sorry yeah sean purdy is not doing interviews and even turned down the athletic for this story he's not doing any and i haven't seen him anywhere i i I saw mom do an interview on the field two weeks ago after the nfc championship game she did a quick one for a local san francisco tv station the family's laying low not doing too much we did reach out to eduardo perez I have connections with him as well. He has not gotten back to me. I was hoping to get a hold of him. But, yeah, uh, that'd be fun. That is the story of Brock Purdy. I am firmly convinced that the 49ers would not have a quarterback today by the uh, name of Brock Purdy if it wasn't for the city of Boise, Idaho. 208-424-9300. It's our Double Tap Pub hotline. Randy is there right now. Randy, you told JP you had a question for Prater about this Sean Purdy, Boise Hawks kind of story time we're doing. Randy, welcome to Idaho Sports Talk. What's your question? Hey, no, actually, I just wanted to pump Prater up. I usually rip on him. As Johnny, you should. And uh, Prater. 
that's just awesome, dude. That's such an awesome story. Glad you were there, and uh, I'm rooting for Brock and the Niners, and that's just, you know, small towns with minor league teams. It doesn't happen like that very often, but that's just absolutely awesome. And that's a great story, Mike. I appreciate oh, you yeah. saying that, and it really was kind of a cool, magical time. Tom Kochman uh, was here for 11 seasons. He took Boise to the Northwest League Finals seven times. He was the manager for 11 years. That feels like a tremendously long minor league type of run. Good for him. And Tom Kochman was a minor league manager. You want me to blow your mind now? If you think 1990 to 2000 was a long time, I and mean, that's how long he was here. Okay. He was a minor league manager from 1979 to 2021. He won 1,971 games. I think he's 13th on the list of all-time winningest minor league managers in American baseball history. Wow. So he, he, he managed yeah. a lot. He was basically a, a, a full-time scout in Florida for the Angels who would come up here for 100 days during the summer short season and manage most of the players that he would sign. The Boise Hawks in the 90s were like... 50% Florida players. Okay. Orlando Palmero, if you remember that name, he yeah. was a longtime major leaguer, a ton of Florida like Garrett dudes. Anderson was on the team here, right? I mean, a lot of those angels yes. I heard were. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think they were Florida kids, and I'm not sure if I don't know if he was ever, or not, but, but yeah. But Kochman actually signed Sean Purdy, watching him at the University of Miami, and brought him specifically to Boise to hang out and pitch and work with Eduardo Perez and form this championship team and this nucleus that went on and played some great baseball with the California Angels. All right, great stuff, you guys. Share your thoughts. Cloverdale Plumbing text line 208-424-9300. You'll have your opportunity to get to Wednesday's show at Pastry Perfection for Diamond Dig. That's coming up but next. It's our BNN report with BJ Reigns talking a little Boise State football, a little Boise State basketball. Prater and the ball game. This is Idaho Sports Talk with Prater and the ball game on 95.3 FM, 1350 AM, and always streaming on the new and improved KTIK app. It's time for the Bronco Nation News Report with four-time NSMA Idaho Sports Writer of the Year, B.J. Raines. B.J.'s on the Double Tap Pub Hotline. We bring him in, uh, football stuff, basketball stuff with B.J. here. But, B.J., I have to warn you first, Prater is uh, he's very depressed, B.J. The Buffalo Club is closing its doors permanently on Sunday BJ, I know you've had a lot of memories at the Buffalo Club, as have I. <laughs> Prater's been going there since, heck, almost before we were born. Uh, take it easy on him today, BJ. The No more Buffalo Club, bud. I, I've been there one time. Is that when, That's when you uh, kept sneaking up to the bar and putting drinks on my tab, Johnny, so I'm not going to miss that place. <laughs> ooh, ooh, maybe your tab is still open. <laughs> I had plans to be out of town tomorrow night. We had hotel reservations and everything. I know this sounds terrible. I called and I canceled the hotel reservations. We're taking care of our business out of town tomorrow afternoon, and we're driving back tomorrow night for last call at the Buffalo Club. Prater, you're so romantic, man. That's, that's where the missus and I fell in love, dancing that's, that's at the John Buffalo Anderson's Club. That's too. John Anderson's a big Buffalo Club guy. I have so seen I John Anderson at the Buffalo Club a couple of I. times. So, uh, I. It's closing down Sunday. Prater will be there on Saturday night. Please come by and say hi. I, mean, I might have to do that. I've had a lot of nights at the Buffalo Club. I'm surprised BJ's only been there one time, but maybe that does say a little something about him, Prater. He's only <laughs> at the Buffalo Club once. BJ, your number one takeaway yesterday from Boise State football coach Spencer Danielson talking was what? 
Well, a couple of things, but I mean, I don't know your guys' take on this, but I just thought he sounded very comfortable and confident and sounded like a head coach. And a lot of the answers that he said, I mean, we've obviously talked to him since, but this was kind of his first uh, big press conference uh, when there was no bowl game to worry about or, or and he's just gotten settled the last couple of months. And I just was uh, very impressed with what he said. And, you know, even like a, one of the questions Prater asked about signing day and if he wanted to change, I thought he just was very uh, thoughtful and articulate in his answer and had a well-thought-out answer about it and uh, a lot of the other questions about Chris Marshall. And uh, I, I just thought that he seemed very uh, confident and at ease and sounded like a, a head coach up there. And so I was very impressed overall uh, w- with what he said. But I think if you need to pinpoint, you know, one or two individual things, I just think the excitement level uh, for this team, when he's talking about the different position groups and the players they've got and some of the transfers they've brought in, I mean, we're all – we're all buying into the hype. We know it's going to be an exciting offseason going into next season, and that's kind of what I'm going to talk about with Bush Hamden when we talk about the offense. But it just seems overall, when you hear Spencer talk, there's just a lot of optimism, a lot of excitement. I think this fresh start with him taking over was just good for everybody, and I think it's just going to be a lot of fun to, to cover this team. B.J. Reigns, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I'm, I was a huge, and I still am a huge Andy Avalos fan, and I, I have a hard time criticism, but this is more of an observation. Andy Avalos sucked at press conferences. He really did, because he didn't answer a lot of questions. He was very guarded, very businesslike. He put that Teflon bubble around him and just gave very generic answers. Uh, I I find it to be a breath of fresh air that not only does Spencer Danielson answer questions specifically, if you ask him a question, he's going to give you an answer. He'll put his spin on it, and sometimes he'll ramble and, and, and give you the, you know, the happy Gilmore, um, life is good, popcorn, unicorns, lollipops, and rainbows and all that kind of stuff. But I'll take that, and uh, I find him to, to be able to dominate the moment and, and be refreshing and give you honest answers all at the same time. I, I think he's already winning the press conference, BJ. No doubt, no doubt. And like I said, the one answer that I know particularly stood out to me was your question about, uh, and I don't know if you guys played that on the air yesterday or not, I apologize, but you you asked about the uh, signing day and whether or not the period should change or not. And he had like three or four really good points on on why it should or shouldn't, and it was just a very thought-out, well-thought-out answer. And you're like, yeah, that's something that a a head coach would say and would think about. And uh, no matter what you ask in terms of uh, the different players and things, and you know, even like the Jalen Clark situation, he, he couldn't comment on it, but he didn't rudely you know look at you and say next question he just said yeah i'm sorry guys i can't comment on that right now and and i I just think uh, to this point again i know that we were expecting it to be like this but it has been a really nice change i think for everybody involved the fans seem more engaged in the press conferences and enjoying hearing them the media certainly uh, looks forward to going to them and and i think everybody's a winner here in particular the fans because you're getting a lot of good information and good comments and and uh, you know based on some of the conversations i've already had and ones i'm going to have more of it sounds like availability in terms of spring practice and stuff is going to be better than it's been in a long time. So I think everything so far has been a win for Spencer Danielson, and that continued with his press conference on Wednesday. All right, let's switch over to Bush Hamden. Lots of shiny new toys to play with. That was kind of the the focus of his conversation. Malachi Nelson, Chris Marshall, and and a whole bunch of other stuff. What would you come away with Bush from? Well, I mean, I – I don't know how to quite phrase this, but I guess we're all falling into this hype, and I just I, I hope that it's real because you just hear all this talent, and you think about a Cam Camper uh, and, and you know a legit proven you know Big Ten receiver at Indiana, and you think about what Chris Marshall can do, and oh yeah, you know uh, Latrell Caples led the team in receiving two years ago and didn't even play, and and then you're potentially your fourth and fifth receivers are Austin Bolt and Prince Strawn, and 
you know, then you talk about Ashton Genty, one of the best running backs in the nation, and we like what we saw from from Breezy Dubar at times last year. And then, oh yeah, four of the five offensive linemen are back. And then, oh yeah, they got one of the top quarterback prospects in the nation from just a year ago. So there's going to be a lot of hype the next eight months about this offense. But just hearing Bush talk about it, and I'm just kind of sitting there thinking about it. I'm like, like, damn, this offense really, really could be something special next year. And so. Uh, you know, I, I hope it lives up to the hype. I hope we don't overhype it, but it, it really could truly be a special, special offense. When you look at every position on the team, having reason to really be excited about that position. I mean, even a guy like Matt Lauder leading the group at tight ends did some things last year, and so you feel fairly confident that he's going to be uh, able to step up for, for Riley Smith. So I'm just uh, super excited about this offense, super excited about what Bush Hamden uh, can do with this offense. And, and like I said, I, I think the hype, hopefully is worth it because it, it really could be fun to watch. He's BNA, he's PJ Reigns. This is our BNN report, Prater in the ballgame, KTIK the ticket. What about the defense, BJ? Eric Shenander, what would you take away from him? Uh, I would say his comments about Jonathan Irby uh, were, were one of the bigger things that stood out to me. I mean, we're not sure what's going to happen with Jalen Clark. We're not sure if we expect him back on the team next year. And, uh, you know, certainly corner was a position already that had struggled last season. And so they went out and got Jonathan Irby, a, a, you know, a Pac-12 uh, corner that started some games and, and had some production and interceptions. And I think that uh, he said, sure, I haven't seen him play on the football field, but he said, based on what I've seen in workouts and talking to the guy, he said he thinks he has a chance to come in and be an impact player and a big time player for them. And if they can get a, a transfer corner to come in and make a big impact and be a big time player, I think that really significantly changes the look of that back end uh, on the defensive side if they can have a, a shutdown veteran corner like a Jonathan Irby. So I was uh, impressed, and that was notable to me, what he said about Irby. And, and then just the speed. He talked about the overall team speed and trying to improve that on defense. And uh, Certainly at times we, we all saw that was a problem last year. So if they're able to improve the speed and, and uh, you know these transfers, you know some of the guys at the edge position too can come in and make impacts. Um, you got two new coaches on the defensive side as well that he talked about and how they're meshing in well. I mean, I, I think this defense, even though they do bring back a, a lot of you know returning players, I think that the, the, the changes they've made to the coaching staff and to the roster could make uh, significant changes to this defense. Boise State spring camp opens Tuesday, March 5th. We're going to dive in post-Super Bowl and spend the whole back half of February in the month of March and even April talking about Boise State football. Right now, it's basketball season. BJ, you're going to Logan tomorrow. Boise State, Utah State, big, big Monster Mountain West basketball game. This is a rematch. There's a lot at stake here. Boise State, Utah State are in first place. How do you see this game tomorrow night? Well, I mean, you're going to have uh, maybe the craziest atmosphere Boise State will play in all year. Uh, obviously, they're honoring Stu Morrill and naming the, the court after him. I talked to Tim Durier today one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. I'm doing a story on, on Tim Durier going back and being part of this uh, celebration and festivities tomorrow. I'll have that on Bronco Nation News uh, later tonight, but uh, Tim Durier said he predicts it will be the hardest single-night road atmosphere for any team in the country, uh, given given what it's going to be like tomorrow night. What Stu Morrill means to that community, what he means to that team, the former players, the former teams that are coming back to be honored. It's going to be a historic, you know, memorable, can't-miss night, and ticket prices are, are insane on the secondary market there. I mean, it's just going to be a electric night more than it already is at the Spectrum, and uh, both teams are certainly desperate. Both teams coming off a loss. Utah State coming off a home loss, so they certainly don't want to lose two home games in a row. Boise State, I, I thought, did not play well at all in Colorado State. And, and, you know, they typically have not had back-to-back -back bad games. They've usually backed up a bad game with a good game. And you just look at some of the easy shots they missed, some of the easy shots they gave up. They just, just didn't play well. And so uh, hopefully for Boise State that they can just 
make that switch and, and come back fired up and play better. But it's certainly not going to be easy. And, and what, you know, the pit was certainly hostile and crazy. And all indications are it could be, you know, even crazier tomorrow night in Logan. BJ, yeah, Utah State's lost two in a row, one on the road, one at home. Boise State coming off one loss in a row. You said the desperate team, and it's kind of how this league is, is is taking shape this year, BJ. The team with the most desperation feels like wins regardless of the arena they're playing. What team is most desperate, do you think? That's a good question. I would say probably Utah State because you really can't afford to give up a, another home game, and they've still got some tough games to play on. They don't want to lose three in a row at this point. So I would say Utah State certainly has a lot of motivation to want to win this. But uh, And I think Boise State, you know, certainly wants to win and really could use a win. I think I think tomorrow night really could decide whether or not Boise State has a chance to win the league. And, and you know, you win tomorrow, you got the easier schedule coming up. Um, I, I think Boise State could be in the driver's seat to win the Mountain West if they win tomorrow night. But if they lose, there's still a path for them to finish in the top couple of spots and still get to the NCAA tournament so it's a it's a massive game for both teams but if there was one team that I think had just absolutely has to have this game tomorrow it's probably Utah State yeah the thing that's going to hurt too is the loser joins the four loss club with Colorado State Nevada and UNLV and you just don't want to be hanging out with those teams in the standings right now BJ you'll be at the D Glenn Smith Spectrum honoring Stu Morrill Court tomorrow tell us about the BNN coverage over the weekend yeah, we'll be uh, live at uh, 7 p.m. The game's at 8, so we'll be live at 7. We'll have uh, Abe Jackson live. We'll have my interview with Tim Durier. Uh, we'll have some clips from my interview with uh, Danny Sprinkle as well, the Utah State coach. We'll show you the atmosphere. We'll show you the, the live warm-ups and then uh, get you set for the uh, 8 o'clock tip-off. And then about uh, five minutes after the game ends, 10 o'clock or so, we'll be uh, live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter with the post-game show and live interviews with Coach Rice and players and, and uh, get you set for, for what should be a – a huge game, and there's a big game tonight, too. I mean, uh, don't forget uh, San Diego State-Nevada. That's at Nevada tonight. So one of those teams, potentially San Diego State, could lose and drop to the four-loss club as well. So big game tonight to uh, kick off a big weekend in the Mountain West. BJ, we still going to Circa? We still partying on Friday, March 15th, right before the Mountain West Basketball Tournament semifinals? John, what, what, Johnny's questionable, but you're good, Prater. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, five weeks from today, we'll actually be doing this segment right now from the cabana at oh. the pool at uh, Circa Resort and Casino. I saw they had uh, the Dan Lebitard show out there at Stadium Swim. Some other big shows have been in town for the Super Bowl all week. But, uh, yeah, we're – Johnny, believe it or not, we just hit 80, 80. We are now at 80 subscribed people, RSVP people uh, to come to this pool party. So it's going <laughs> to yes. literally be the – it's literally going to be the event of the uh, of the day, and we're at 80 confirmed people, and that's people that aren't even staying at Circa or, or the D. So it's going to be they're we, giving us a private pool, they're giving us private cabanas. I mean, we gotta we gotta figure out some way to do some interactive stuff on your guys' show with some fans and have some fun that day because it's going to be a, a who's who, and it's going to be a crazy fun time. And hopefully for Boise State fans and. For the media and everything else, there's a, a game that night to cover in the semifinals. I'm working on a massive guest as well. We're going to try to do what we can. But, yeah, five weeks from now, Prater, we'll be at a pool party. Nice. Oh, ha, ha. BJ, before we get you out of here quickly, who's winning Super Bowl 58? Uh, I'd like for it to be the Chiefs, but I don't really feel as confident as I have in previous games uh, with the Chiefs. Uh, uh, I, uh, I'll be pulling for the Chiefs, but I – Something about uh, the 49ers story and Brock Purdy, uh, I just got a feeling they, they may pull it out. But uh, I'm definitely rooting and pulling for the Chiefs, that's for sure. Enjoy your weekend, BJ. Appreciate the coverage on Bronco Nation News. Safe travels, bud.
All right, appreciate it. And then we'll uh, we'll talk to Prater at uh, 9 a.m. on Monday. Looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. Prater gets the early shift on Monday. There we go. Appreciate you, BJ. Okay, Prater. It's Diamond Dig time. 208-424-9300. This is the point where two lucky callers are going to get through to JP. They're going to come on this show, and they're going to tell us their story. You know, maybe it's a special someone that they live with that they would love to win this diamond ring for. Maybe it's for another reason. They're going to tell us their story as to why they deserve a chance to dig through a beautiful pastry perfection cake and find a diamond ring from the Diamond Girls valued in the thousands. All they have to do is call right now. 424-9300, 424-9300. Tell JP your story. We're going to put you on the air. We're going to talk to two of you here in a few minutes. And on Wednesday at Pastry Perfection Valentine's, somebody's going to walk away with a big old diamond from the Diamond Girls. If you're interested, call that number right now. We're going to got, we got Dirk Cutter in 25 minutes. We got Rock Jocks and Pop Culture coming up, but we're going to get to our diamond dig when we come back. So call JP. Tell him you want a chance to win this ring on Prater in the ballgame. All right, J.P. Prater found a couple of our listeners out there that would love, that would relish, that would appreciate an opportunity to dig through a pastry perfection cake with the hopes of finding a diamond girl's diamond ring for their special someone. It's diamond dig time. Let's do it. Matthew and Ken are the lucky contestants today. JP, give us Matthew first. Matthew, you're live on Idaho Sports Talk right now. What's up, bud? And uh, tell us, Matthew, about yourself, your story, maybe who the ring is for. Matthew, why do you deserve this opportunity? Yeah, guys. um, So the ring would be for my wife. Um, We have been together for about 17 years we've been married for 10 years now we were high school sweethearts um my wife is one of the strongest women i know um we have three kids together now and um our second born child was born in the car on the way to the hospital in um that was a crazy experience and uh we were trying to get to the hospital but we just couldn't make it. The baby had a mind of its own and wanted to come sooner. And um, I pulled over into a parking lot and um, had 911 on the phone and kind of helped deliver this baby in the front seat of a small little Ford um, car. And um, she did it with no, no pain medicine reclined in a weird position. And um, she just always puts our family first. She puts our boys first. Um, she was a working mom for a while while we only had two. And then last year we welcomed our third little boy. And, um, now she's a full-time stay at home mom. And, uh, yeah, I mean, she just, you know, uh, sacrifices daily to take care of those three boys and make our family run. Yeah. Matthew, what's the current ring situation now? Um, so she has a ring that we bought at a pawn shop um, when we first got married. When we were we were 21 when we got married, um, didn't have a lot of money, but you know she picked out something that she did like. But it was a used ring, and having something pretty and shiny on her finger, I, I bet would make her pretty happy. 
Matthew, stay on hold. Good story. Appreciate you wanting to participate in our annual Diamond Dig. JP, bring Ken on the program. Ken, you've heard Matthew. You've heard this segment before. Ken, here's your chance. Sell us why you, who you're going to get it for. Why should you be having this opportunity on Wednesday to dig for diamonds, Ken? You bet. How much time do I have? <laughs> so uh, so my wife um, is who the ring would be for. Um, we've been married 18 years. Um, about uh, a little over four years ago, she got hit with a very serious autoimmune disease. Um, we went into the hospital kind of be- being able to walk, and within three days she couldn't pick her head up off the pillow. Um, destroyed all of her muscles. Basically, it, it basically eats all the muscles is what it does. And she spent uh, a month in the hospital, two months in rehab. Um, she's back doing some of her activities that she did in the past, like walking and taking care of herself. She's been back driving for about a year now. Um, she She keeps keeps you know the house together with the kids that we have at, at still at home and and does her best um and the ring situation she still has the same ring that uh she has when we got married but um because of all the meds that she takes she has swelling in her hands and her feet and the current ring doesn't fit her anymore so she has one of those little silicone um just little plastic things that she keeps on her her hand for now so being able to get her a new one that, that would fit her, that she'd feel comfortable wearing would be great. Ken, how's uh, how's her health now, the future? Is it, is there optimism? Is it optimistic? Are you waking up and is she getting better every day? She is getting stronger every day, but she has she has um, monthly infusions that she, she does where they come in and give her um, what's called uh, IVIGs. She goes every six months for a, an infusion at the hospital. She's on serious prednisone i don't know she's probably takes 20 20 different medications every day but wow. um, as far as the strength that she's she's getting stronger every day she still goes to rehab once a week um the the idea is that the medicine will keep it at bay and hopefully eventually it she won't have to do it but as long as there's still inflammation she has to continue taking these med- medicines um and, until it, it goes away and they they don't know it's kind of a rare autoimmune that they really aren't sure what what uh will be the outcome all right uh ken appreciate you thank you for sharing that story now it's the time that everybody dislikes then we got to pick one Matthew, yeah, i don't, don't want to make a decision I don't you know jp i think it's your turn in the rotation jp which one of these would you pick um, I, I like both the stories. Um, I, I'm going to go with Ken because it sounds to me like his, his wife has been through a lot and, uh, she's working very hard to get back to the way, just the way she was. So I, I select Ken today. I don't have an issue with that, Prater. You were, you were leaning towards Matthew. Uh, <laughs> I'm good with Ken. Okay, Ken, congratulations. We'll see you Wednesday at Pastry Perfection. And Matthew, um, if you get through 
Monday or Tuesday, and I hope you do. Share that story with us again, and hopefully you can get another chance or uh, see you at Pastry Perfection. We are picking qualifiers live on location. Until then, hopefully you still have your phones handy because it's time for Rock Jocks and Pop Culture. If you want to play trivia, call us back, 208-424-9300. You're playing for a dozen roses from Hillcrest Floral on valentine's day if you need this dozen roses call that number and let's play some rock jocks and pop culture jp get us a contestant we got dirt cutter talking super bowl 58 in 15 minutes so we're packed on this program jp get us out of here is your brain filled with useless knowledge about topics nobody cares about well if so you're in the right place it's rock jocks and pop culture on prater in the ball game Now, here's Johnny on Sports Radio, The Ticket. If you have an HVAC emergency between now and the kickoff of Super Bowl 58, make sure you call Advanced Heating and Cooling. Have them handle it. It's Rock Jocks and Pop Culture. Al in Boise is with us right now. Been five or six months since he said he last played. I believe you're on the Wall of Fame, Al. Welcome back. Yes, yes, I should be on there. Uh, Congratulations. We'll see if we can I, I put you on there twice. Ooh. <laughs> well, let's see if we can three times him up. He says he's a double wall of famer, Prater. Do you believe him? Uh, sure. Let's okay. believe him for now. All right. Well, you're playing for a dozen roses from Hillcrest Floral, Al. Pretty sweet prize here to hook somebody up with on Valentine's Day. Three questions, two lifelines. You can pick your topic. Rock jocks or pop culture, Al, where do you want to go with first? I'll I'll just I'll just do it the normal way. Let's do rock first. Okay, here we go. Rock. Whitney Houston sang the Star Spangled Banner before Super Bowl twenty five in Tampa, Florida. Who what team won that Super Bowl? The Whitney Houston one? Super Bowl twenty five? Uh, Super Bowl twenty five yes. was uh, well obviously it was not the Buffalo Bills. Uh, so I'm going to go with the New York Giants. Final answer? Final answer. That was the Scott Norwood missed kick game, guys. The, was that the yeah. was that the fourth one or the... The first trip Buffalo that made. That was the first of four. Yep. Wow. One Went downhill for, from there. <laughs> one for one. Yeah, that was the Scott Norwood wide right game in Tampa. Nice job, Al. That was the rock. That was a rock question. It was. I'm, I'm glad that it was about football. I needed you know, a music. I, I so. I hey, 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 hey. Don't be disparaging Whitney Houston now. Come yeah, on now. she can count across. Yeah. Rest over. in peace. Yes. That was a great moment. Anyway, here we go. Uh, jocks, Al. What quarterback threw the single-game Super Bowl record of six touchdown passes in his only Super Bowl start? Uh, the most passed touchdowns in uh, a single game. Super Bowl history. It's six. Uh, I think the only, I, I you said his only Super Bowl. I would have said Tom Brady, but, you know, he's been in like a hundred of them. So I'm going to have to go with uh, Steve Young. I think he had six. Steve Young, f- final answer? Final answer. Got it. Steve Young against the Chargers. It was the only start 
He has in the Super Bowl. He won two rings as Joe Montana's backup, but that was his only starting one. Al's flying through this. Wow. Has not even needed a lifeline yet. Mr. Mr. NFL, well, who are those? For this pop culture, at least I'll, I'll have Prater's movie knowledge. Who were the six guys that caught those passes ball games? You know, off the top of your head, I think Ricky Waters caught one. I think Rice caught two or three. And the other one, uh, yeah, um, wow, maybe they scored like in the fifties in that game. Did they not? It was a very high scoring Super Bowl. I don't think it was the fifties, but it was in the forties. Steve Young with six touchdown passes. I know Ricky Waters and Jerry Rice had a couple of them. Okay, Al, I think you're going to be able to do this. One question away from a perfect score, you guys. No lifelines needed for Al on this one. Pop culture, Al. What actor? Did 49er quarterback Joe Montana famously spot in the stands before the game-winning drive in Super Bowl 23? Uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go to the lifelines for this. Uh, I have no idea. Okay. So I'm gonna go to pra- go to Prater first. I guess I got them both, so it doesn't matter. You're not gonna need it. I actually know this story. 92-yard drive. He got in the huddle. He looked at his teammates and said, on the other end of the end zone down there, guys, is a famous actor. Let's go meet him. Let's go find him. And he marched his team down the field 92 yards in front of John Candy. Outstanding. Okay, yeah, John Candy. Walk again. (laughs) Final answer. Got it. Three for three. A Wall of Fame performance by Al in Boise and Joy. Hillcrest Floral. Al, well done. Dirt Cutter, our Super Bowl 58 correspondent when we come back. 5 o'clock Friday, Super Bowl Friday. Haga, haga. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 13.50 AM. The Ticket. If this isn't one of the best times of the year, I don't know what is. It's Friday. It's Super Bowl Friday. Two days from the big kickoff. We're airing the game on KTIK, the ticket. And right now we're at our Double Tap Pub hotline, bringing on former NFL head coach, former Boise State head and assistant coach, the great Dirk Cutter, joining us as our Super Bowl 58 correspondent. Coach, before we get into the to the serious issues of the game. What are your Super Bowl plans? Where are you watching? Who are you watching with? And what are you eating? <laughs> well, f- before we even get into that, I, I got to express a little disappointment in the rest of the KTIK staff that I was the only representative today at 12 noon in downtown Boise for the Cody Hawkins presentation on the new Idaho State football recruits. What? I I especially thought you would be there, Johnny. Whoa, Coach, don't throw me under the bus entirely on this individually. Coach, I didn't... I don't think we got invitations. Coach, I didn't know this was going on, man. I know that's not his excuse. I mean, I can't be Mike Evans and say, hey, Coach Cutter, sorry, I didn't go to the meeting because I didn't know it was going to happen. I really didn't know this thing was going on. We would have loved to attend, Coach. We would have loved it. Cody did a great job going over all the new recruits they're bringing in, including one Davis Harson from Eagle High School, uh, showed tape on all the guys. It was nine offensive linemen coming to Pocatello. It, it was exciting, and lots of Bengal fans getting fired up down there with all the, all the changes <laughs> they got going in Pocatello. 
Dirk Cutter's always going to be a loyal Idaho State Bengal. I absolutely love it. Was Brian Harson there? Did you two kind of cuddle in a corner and have a, a quick conversation? He wasn't there. I was hoping I would run into him there, but they, they did have some some parents of some other local players that they that they have in there and I'm loyal I'm loyal to two of the three in state in state schools for sure. Yeah, I knew it. You know what you know what coach did? I mean I was hanging out with coach once and I was wearing an Idaho Vandal hat. Just hanging out with him and his buddies. And Dirk Cutter grabs the hat off of my head and he says, Damn ass vandals and he chucks the hat like a frisbee. You know, grab the bill and sh- the, uh, across the entire room. It was very embarrassing <laughs> in front of all of his buddies. But, yeah, I can attest to that. <laughs> Coach, we got to get to the Super Bowl. I wish we could keep doing this. But where are you consuming the game? Right here. Right here at, uh, at our house. It'll just be my wife, Kim, and I. Uh, like to watch, like to watch it with not a lot of people around. And now they, you know, they got all these different views for these games. I can, I can set my TVs up on different timers where I, where I can see the wide shot and then the end zone shot right after it. So I can really, really see what's going on a lot more than just the the regular TV shot that everybody else sees. That's the, that's that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, Johnny loves nineteen TVs. I'm a one TV guy, so uh, somewhere in the middle, it sounds like you. But you know, you know me, I, I'm all about the stomach. You got to answer his question about the food, though. Johnny's been obsessed with food all week long. Well, my wife just asked me earlier today what what we were going to have for Super Bowl, but then we we watched like three other shows today talking about national pizza day. So I'm like on a pizza craving mission right now. So we might be putting in a call to the wilder for pizza to go. (laughs) The soon to be sponsor of this segment. I like where coach is. Um, Dirk opening drives. It feels like they're, I mean, every drive, every touchdown is important, but I saw what Andy Reid and Mahomes did on that opening drive against Baltimore. It almost like Mike Tyson, the Ravens knocked them out a little bit. What, what goes into that? Everybody says, well, all their plays are scripted. Tell us more a little bit about that and the key, how the chiefs prepare for them, how you prepare to defend them. Just the key of scoring a touchdown on that opening possession. Yeah, I, th- I think both of these teams are are good at, at their opening script, and every, everybody's a little bit different. I I used to twelve was my number, six runs and six passes, and they would be on the first normal downs. You're taking third downs and red zone stuff like that out of it, but on normal downs, uh, teams are trying to accomplish a few things. There, number one, they're they're going off film study of things they think that will be good against their opponent based on previous games they've studied on tape. Number two, they usually like to vary the formations and the personnel group to get an idea of what the defense is planning uh, to do. For example, the Chiefs have been using a lot of 13 personnel, one running back, three tight ends, one wide receiver. I'm sure Andy will want to get a look early to see. uh, There was an article uh, earlier this week that said of all the plays against 13 personnel that the 49ers defense uh, has seen this season, they've always played the same personnel group against it. I'm sure the Chiefs will have a game plan for that. Uh, the other thing is is they'll, some teams want to just go out there and, and try to establish their offensive line playing physical right off the bat, letting their 
letting their offensive line go forward and, and really get into the physicality of the game. Uh, some teams script more than 12. I've heard the number 15. I've heard the number 20. But uh, I think both of these coaches are among the best in the world at doing it. Dirk Cutter, our NFL playoff correspondent. Big game on Sunday. You may have heard of the Super Bowl, the Chiefs and the 49ers. And you can get that right here on KTIK. Coach, you know, I, I, one, of the, one of my favorite moments of this entire postseason has been the, 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 the coin flip before the Cowboys-Packers game. And, and as you know, most teams defer and take the ball in the second half. In that game, as you recall, the Packers took the ball, drove right down the field, punched the Cowboys in the throat, and momentum was established for the entire game. How much time? Do coaches, whether it's Wednesday or Saturday night or first thing Sunday morning, spend on that conversation? Are we going to defer or keep the ball? And who has the advantage this weekend? Well, first off, I, I thought that was an awesome job by Lafleur because he, he had told his team, hey, we're going we're gonna to get the ball first and we're going to take it right down and score and get the lead and put the Cowboys on the defensive. And it worked exactly as he had it planned. We used to have a meeting, every every coach in the NFL, uh, part of their staff meeting where they're going over the officials, for example. Uh, they have a scouting report on the officiating crew now in the Super Bowl. It's an all-star crew. But uh, normally you, you'll say, okay, this, this crew likes to call pass interference or this crew likes to call holding. One of the things in your in your weekly scouting report is what's the head coach on the other team what's his philosophy on deferring versus taking the ball. And there's plenty of coaches in the NFL that they, they've already just predetermined it every week they're going to defer. Uh, there's, not, there's not a lot of guys left out there that, that will take the ball. Yeah. So uh, I think there's not a whole lot of discussion going into it because that's just part of your stat slash analytics package each week that tells you uh, this coach is going gonna, is gonna to defer if he wins a toss. So, if you know in Lafleur's case in that Green Bay game, he knew he was going to get the ball first because McCarthy was going to defer, and he knew he was going to take it, so he could really get right into that opening script. Dirk Cutter with us, our Super Bowl Fifty Eight correspondent, Prater in the ball game. Okay, Coach, um, Brock Purdy has the highest passer rating in the NFL this year versus the blitz. Steve Spagnola loves to blitz. He's been real good at it for a long time, as you know. I'm sure you've been in situations, Coach, where you had an offense that was terrific against the blitz. Did you want teams at that point to blitz you? What do you think's going through the head of Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy knowing the blitz is probably coming, but, hey, they've been really good at it. What do you think happens? Yeah, well, you know, as, as an offensive coach, you always – you always told your play your players uh, if if you had confidence in your blitz beaters and your blitz package, you would tell your guys, hey, if they're a big blitz team, that's big opportunity for us to make more explosive plays. And I think the 49ers will will be prepared. One thing uh, Steve Spagnuolo is very good at is disguising his looks, and he has been has been using a lot of all out cover zero. I read a thing earlier this week that he plays more all out cover zero, meaning uh, you're rushing at least six guys and you have no safety help. Everybody's manned up. There's nobody in the middle of the field. Uh, Spags does that more than any coach in the NFL. He also is so good at disguising his packages. I think he'll play less zero and he'll, he'll do some more zone blitzing where he'll try to show 
blitzers coming off one side and then blitz from the other side, but maybe play like three deep, three under zone where they kind of match up with the underneath, then he's still he's still got to protect it on the back end. Dirk, what is it about, you know, Shanahan? Let's talk about Shanahan. How hard, how difficult is it to be the head coach and the, the play caller during a game? And is that magnified during the Super Bowl? Uh, that's a good question. It it's it's hard because uh, when you're the play caller in between series, you're working on what you're going to call in the next series, yeah. and you want to talk to your quarterback, you want to talk to your coaches in the box, you want to talk to your O line coach and see what he's thinking. But at the same time, you got to keep one eyeball on the field because you're the guy that has to decide. Uh, if you're going to accept or decline penalties, uh, do I need to call a timeout? Uh, and, you know, you've got a headset on so you can hear what the defensive coaches are saying, but it's just not the same as if you're just concentrating on one side uh, or the other. So it is difficult what, what coaches that do that, what they do, though, because Andy Reid does the same thing. If you ever watch Andy Reid yep. in between series, sometimes when his defense is out there, you'll see him sitting on the bench Talking to Patrick Mahomes. Yep. That's that's crazy. Well, all all these coaches though, they've got somebody that's assigned to be in their ear, their game management coach or their they have different names for them, but they've they've got somebody feeding them information in their ear so they don't miss anything. Dirk Cutter with us. And you know, you had Maurice Jones Drew, all pro, pro bowler. You had some great running backs that you worked with, Michael Turner in Atlanta, Dirk. Christian McCaffrey, what Kyle Shanahan has in San Francisco. How does Christian McCaffrey open up? How does Kyle and this team, I mean, Kansas City's coming. They know that. Everybody knows CMC is going to touch the ball. Are you looking for any particular way? How have you seen Kyle Shanahan do a good job of making sure McCaffrey gets his touches and in space? The screen game. You know, the 49ers, just the basic running back screen with uh, the front side guard, the center, and the backside guard getting involved in the screen is one of their their basic plays. And they use McCaffrey at all. They line him up as a, as a wide receiver. They hand it to him. They toss it to him. They screen it to him. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the so-called experts are out there are saying this is the main key to this game is can McCaffrey have a big game for the 49ers? And the flip side of that is. How will Steve Spagnola uh, align his troops to try to stop that? One one thing I think uh, I've been very impressed with, and I actually saw a little feature on it this week on uh, ESPN, is how good of a tackling team Kansas City, uh, their back end, their linebackers and their DBs are. You know, a lot of teams, they'll, they'll run those screens and they'll run them. They won't even block the corner on the side, the cornerback on the side they're screening to, because they don't think he can tackle a Christian McCaffrey in space. Uh, the Chiefs have a, have a, a excellent tackling secondary. Uh, Sneed is one of the best tackling DBs in the NFL. I think I think that'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But the 49ers have so many other good players. Uh, you know, IU, Kittle, Debo, Sam, Samuel, they can just hurt you in a lot of ways. I mean, you can't, you can't double them all. Dirk Cutter, I, we've talked to you about Andy Reid a million times. You guys go way, way, way back, close friends, professional respect all over the place. And, and 99.9% of the questions have been, you know, why is he so damn good at what he does? Well, what's Andy Reid's kryptonite? If you're the other coach, what do you try to take advantage of? 
Oh boy. You know, I'm not I'm not sure Andy Reid really has a kryptonite. I'll tell you a good Andy Reid story though. You know, I played Santa Claus for his kids one time when we were coaching <laughs> in Missouri. Nice. And he had it he had it down to a science. He had me a Santa Claus suit. He had a package of rocks in his backyard that I could throw up on the roof to make it sound like reindeer. He had the cookies and milk inside waiting for me. He made me walk down the hallway where his boys his boys were, and he was in the room with them, and give a little ho 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 on my way out. So he he's a meticulous planner all the way down to Santa Claus coming on Christmas Eve. I don't know if he has a kryptonite. Uh, boy, I I don't know what what that what that is. I I don't have an answer for that. Maybe it's asking skinny men to be Santa Claus. Yeah, that. That was that was that. It's funny. I saw I saw one of his sons a couple of weeks later at the Missouri football office. I said, "Hey, I heard, I heard Santa Claus, I heard Santa Claus came to your house." And he goes, "Yeah." And I go, "Well, how, how big was he?" He goes, "He was way bigger than you." <laughs> <laughs> Dirk Cutter with us, our Super Bowl Fifty Eight correspondent, Prater in the Ball Game, Idaho Sports Talk. Were you a big speech guy, Dirk? I mean, would this have been a game you would have given one of those classic cutter speeches? Was Andy one of those guys? You guys spent so many years together, you and Andy Reid. Just the whole the whole big speech before a big game thing, Dirk. Where are you? No, I'm I'm not that guy at all because I, I don't think those speeches last. Whatever speech most coaches want to deliver, their main message usually comes the night before in the hotel. Uh, when you get to the game, uh, especially in the NFL, you got guys, some guys get there, you know, most of these teams have three or four different buses going at different times. You got guys that like to get there four hours before the game, five hours before the game. Some guys go out there two hours before the game and they all have their own individual warmups in the NFL. They're, you know, the, the scripted warmup that the whole team does lasts about seven minutes. I mean, it's so it's so short. So, you know, you got guys in and out of the locker room, in and out of the training room. Uh, they've all got their own routine. So whatever uh, main message or final main message that these coaches want to deliver, it's probably coming Saturday night at the hotel. All right, Dirk Cutter, ball game and I are going to make our Camp Rainbow gold picks here in about five, ten minutes. And uh, we got a hefty $100 bill on the line because we're big spenders around here in terms of how it shakes out. Uh, how does Dirk Cutter see this game? What's going to happen? Give us a prediction. What you got, Dirk? Well, I've been wrong so much throughout these playoffs. It's uh I actually went to the golf show today and I ran into a guy and he said, Bo, you've been doing a great job on your, on your picks on KTI Kago. Who have you been listening to? I've been killed. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's really surprising to me how the, this line has had the 49ers as somewhere between a one and a two and a half point favorite this whole time. And, you know, the 49ers were probably one of the best two teams throughout the whole season, along with the Ravens. The Ravens killed the 49ers when they played in Baltimore. Then the the Chiefs kind of had a rough middle of the season, kind of got their act together. They've gone on the road, two big wins uh, at Buffalo and at Baltimore in the playoffs. I think the I think the Kansas City coaching staff with with Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo, the experience that they've had being there, and then Mahomes, Kelsey, and those guys, I think the 49ers are slightly more talented, 
but I think the Chiefs are a little hotter right now, so I'm going to say the Chiefs find a way to pull it out. Dirk, you're you're a girl dad. You're a reasonable man. Do you are you a Taylor Swift fan? Are you excited and happy for Travis Kelsey? Maybe you coached on teams where there was a quarterback or a guy on your team who dated a famous pop singer or something. Do you understand what Kelsey's going through? Are you a fan, Dirk? <laughs> well, I I'm not a, a huge fan of Taylor Swift's music, but I do think it's kind of cool. Uh, you know what's what's happened. What the you know her fan base that's jumped you know, jumped on board the NFL and all the new football fans that have uh, are enjoying football as families or young ladies with their dads more so because of Taylor Swift. I think it's a a cool story. I'm sure that both the NFL and the Chiefs are excited because they're they're making more money off of it, and uh, it is all about making money. But uh, it. it yeah, I'm I'm for it. I don't I'm not a hater by any means of uh I, I even I even love the bets of how many times uh I think it's over under five times that they're they're gonna show Taylor Swift on T V in the game. I I think it's fascinating. Ball game and I are taking the over. Hey, settle the dispute that ball game and I are having right now. This guy's been on a rampage all week. Actually, the four years that we've been working together, he's obsessed with turning the Super Bowl into a Saturday night football game. Are you a Saturday night guy or status quo guy? I'm probably a status quo guy because just across the board on almost everything, I'm I'm traditionalist. So anytime there's any drastic changes to anything, I'm usually against it. So uh, I'd say status quo. One of the things that's cracked me up, though, through this whole thing with the Super Bowl being in Vegas it wasn't that many years ago where anything to do, having to do with Las Vegas or gambling was strictly forbidden and taboo in the NFL. And now you look at them, every single show on TV, everybody's got their crew down in Vegas. Uh, it's, you know, Sin City is, is rocking and hotel rooms are quadruple the price. And uh, NFL has two different gambling sites that are the official gambling sites of the NFL. I, I just think it really says uh, where everything's going, and you know what what the publics uh, that they want they want more betting. I mean, they want to be they want to be in on the action, and the Super Bowl is definitely the ultimate for that. Just wait, Dirk, and like I don't know, a year you're going to be able to sit in an NFL stadium, pull out your phone, and bet money on how many rushing yards the starting running back is going to have at that game that you are watching. It's absolutely yeah. crazy. It is. It is crazy. Uh, it, it you know you know it's it's scary. It's crazy, uh, but it's what it's what people want. Yeah, Dirk, you're the best man. Enjoy the Super Bowl Sunday. However, you watch it by yourself. I hope the food is cheesy, greasy, and delicious. And we always appreciate <laughs> your insight on here, Dirk. Can't wait to have you back on, man. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Great stuff. He goes to the golf show. I love to hear that. Cutter's walking around the Boise Golf Show, and people are saying, hey, your picks on KTIK are awesome. And he's like, are they are? Did we chart them? I'm not even sure we charted them. I know he picked Baltimore last week. He went against Andy Reid for the first time I've ever heard Dirk Cutter on this show pick against Andy Reid, and it bit him a little bit. So now where's Dirk going? Kansas City Chiefs, your Super Bowl champions. Our picks. We have not given these out until now. They're next.
on Prater in the Ball Game. This is Idaho Sports Talk with Prater in the Ball Game, brought to you by RowPaint.com, providing high quality paint and coating solutions for commercial, residential, industrial, and concrete surfaces for over 22 years. Power in people, pride in painting. Sports Radio, the ticket. Okay, that was fun. Dirt Cutter's awesome. We love him. Um, Super Bowl and Santa Claus stories. God, to be a fly on the wall, to hear Andy Reid having to try to sell Dirk to wear that Santa suit and come to his house and do the whole dog and pony show on Christmas Eve, of all things. I mean, who knows what Dirk's plans were, but Dirk did it for his old buddy, dressed up like Santa Claus for Andy Reid and his family. That was cool. That was a lot of fun. All right, Prater, let's get down to it. Camp Rainbow Gold official picks. Uh, The winner of this contest is going to have a lot of fun, knowing that they're smarter about football than the other person, but also having to see what the loser has to go through. Now, Prater and I will get you up to speed. The loser of this bet has to donate $100 to Camp Rainbow Gold. You can help out, camprainbowgold.org. And the winner, Prater, uh, gets to pick kind of a dirty deed for the loser to do. And it comes down to, sure enough, Super Bowl Sunday. I still have a chance. You have a one-game lead. Fill everybody in. Where are we on yep, this? Yep, I have the one-game lead. So I, I'm going to pick. Uh, I'm going to pick a team because we want to make sure that we don't pick. Uh, we don't pick the same team. We want to take this sucker all the way to the end. So ball game is, and I have agreed that I get a pick because I have the one-game lead. So here in a second, I'm going to pick my team, and then John will pick another one, and then we've given JP our total points tiebreaker just in case it comes down to that. He's got both of our numbers right now. I think I'm an under guy. You might be an over guy based on our conversations this week. I can't wait to see what number you threw out there, and we'll see what happens. If I, despite, in addition to the 100 bucks to Camp Rainbow Gold, if you lose, you have to show up on Monday wearing nothing but all the Pittsburgh Steelers gear I'm going to bring from my closet, and you have to work all day long in the cubicleville and do the show on Monday wearing Pittsburgh Steelers gear. If you win, which means you have to win not only the game, but you have to win the tiebreaker, I have to watch one of your stupid, ridiculous movies that I've always refused to watch, and I have to do a book report on it. Yep, I have to pass a quiz. And pass a quiz, yes. On the movie of my choice, which you will watch. We'll give you a week or so to watch the movie. Deadline by maybe the following Monday. Yeah, Just, yeah, yeah. i got to look at my night schedule and things going on. But yes, certainly by then. So uh, either a dumb, stupid movie, maybe Dumb and Dumber, uh, it's on the list. It's on the list. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers gear and a hundred bucks to Camp Rainbow Gold. That's the the nonprofit camp of cancer children, Idaho families. Uh, we're going to go back up there this summer, and it's our Carson Palmer uh, connection, and we just love working with Camp Rainbow Gold. And I know that they're they're, they're trying to raise thousands, and Ball Game and I are going to give them hundreds. But uh, we're looking forward to this ball game. Let's make it happen. Okay. Prater is in the lead, so he gets to pick who the winner he thinks of Super Bowl 58 will be. I could idiotically pick the same team as Prater, uh, but I don't think I'm going to do that. I want to win this contest. Prater, Chiefs 49ers, Camp Rainbow Gold pick. Who are you going with? 3 o'clock. Two Mondays ago. The day after the conference championship games. Our opening segment. Super Bowl is set. And I think one of the biggest, one of the words that came out of my mouth was, how in the hell are the Kansas City Chiefs underdogs in this football game? Are you kidding me? 
Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and two points is like finding, well, I was going to say something bad about Las Vegas and, and having a lot of fun on the strip. But you know what? It's that kind it's of like deal. It's like that kind of fun? It's that kind of fun. Look what I found on the strip. Let's go have some fun for 12 hours. Are you kidding me? Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and two points. You know, I'll take the two points. We're not even talking about that because our bet is straight up. Kansas City's defense is the biggest difference maker in this game, and I don't think it's getting talked about enough. What, they've given up, what, 41 points in three games? It's unbelievably spectacular. They lead in terms of takeaways. They think they have four takeaways in those three games. Patrick Mahomes is playing almost perfect football. I don't believe he's had a single turnover in these playoffs. They're clicking, and they're on fire. And that's even before the Kansas, the experience and where they've been in the past. Ball game. This is a no-brainer, which makes me worried because everybody's saying it now, and I think the obvious might be uh, not so obvious, but give me the Kansas City Chiefs. Going with Kansas City. Okay. Now, I would have went with the Chiefs as well, but I don't have that liberty. I'm losing in this thing. I don't have. I guess I have the liberty. I don't have the luxury, Prater. There you because go. I'm going to take San Francisco. And and you know what? It's crazy. I've, I'm not feeling bad. I, I get the favorite. You know, think about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm taking, I have the favorite. I just don't like the Niners for a lot of personal reasons. I've had a lot of ill, ill feelings in my lifetime uh, regarding the 49ers and what they've done to me. But you know what? If it means that Mike Prater is going to have to sit down and watch I don't know, Dumb and Dumber. I don't know, JP Goonies. Ugh. I don't know. Oh, I mean, oh. there's a lot on my list. Maybe an old Western. I don't know. Prater's going to have to watch it. If you make me watch Princess Bride, I'm going to quit my job. And I wouldn't. I, I, as you wish. <laughs> Did he get that, JP? I don't know. Yeah. JP oh, was, oh, was that a line in there? It was a line in there, as oh, you yeah, wish. No, Neither of you guys got it. Okay. I know the one about uh, uh, does somebody want a peanut. Any, anybody want a peanut? It's Andre Jump Giant. Pheasant. Yeah, yeah. I love that movie, man. Yeah. It's Princess Bride Prater. Okay. So I'm going with the 49ers. That's my official pick. There's no point spread involved. Just who wins the game. Prater as the Chiefs. I have the Niners. Now, if the Niners win, I end up tying Prater. So we go to the tiebreaker, which is the total score. Yes. Of the Super Bowl. I have my pick, Prater as his, and we had to text them, Prater. We had to text our, our tiebreaker to JP because we weren't supposed to know. What are those magic numbers, JP? Well, I can tell you, you guys are thinking along the same lines because Prater texted me first and he said 46 total points. Are you serious? Johnny texted me a little bit later. He says 47 points. Ooh. So Johnny's hoping for a little bit more of a high score. Yeah. San see, Francisco 49ers win. Well, but see, he's still he's still betting on the under, though, because the over-under is 47 and a half. And I was trying to get into your head a little bit, because earlier this week you said they're going to blow that out of the water. You said this was going to be one of the highest scoring games in Super Bowl history, and now you're taking the under? Prater, I said I wanted that. That was my wish to break the all-time scoring record in the Super Bowl. I didn't say it was gonna. Right, I was predicting right. it. I said I wanted it. All Realistically, right. yeah. So, if if the Niners win and there's more than 40, 47 or more points total in the game, your boy ball game wins this Camp Rainbow Gold Contest. If the Chiefs win in any capacity, it doesn't even matter what the score is, Prater wins and... The Chiefs could lose, and Prater could still win if it's a low-scoring game. It's going to be low-scoring. Chiefs defense, go Andy Reid. We will revisit this on Monday. Until then, 
Let's hop on them soapboxes, JP. I want to discuss the state of the league for a second on Prater and the ball game. Could we get some business to sponsor this segment? It's the 90-second soapbox with Prater and the ball game On Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM, The Ticket. Ah, oh, the NFL. How big does Roger Goodell want this thing to get? And maybe that's a stupid question. Maybe he wants it to grow it until it gets so stinking big beyond our even wildest imaginations. NFL was up big time in TV ratings, even in streaming ratings. Even the Amazon Thursday night product was up 25% from year one to year two. It's impervious. I don't even know where we're going to, how I'm going to watch the NFL in a year. But I can guarantee you it won't be a problem. It won't cost me too much money. It certainly won't be too hard to find or access anywhere. Nope. They're going to do everything they can to make it as easy peasy for me to consume my NFL. Maybe even more so than we've traditionally done it with, hey, you get two, three games during the day. They decide the games based on where you live uh, geographically in this country. Maybe that will change. The league right now. It feels like it's as high as it's ever been. The cream rises to the top. Heck, look at the teams that are even playing in this Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes is 74-22 and 22 in the regular season. Throw in his playoff career, he's 88-25. and 25. The guy never loses. Of course he's in this game. Brock Purdy, his career, including the playoffs, he's 21-4. and four. I mean, even the good teams, the cream is rising to that crop as well. The NFL, completely undestructible, it's immovable, and we're going to all sit there and just rejoice and celebrate football all weekend. And then Monday morning, we'll probably all wake up and say, okay, what are our team's chances next year? Get off it! After the college football postseason, I talked about the Rose Bowl hosting the CFP Championship every single year. It just looks different, it feels different, and I firmly believe that college football leaders should say, we need to play the CFP National Championship every single year in the Rose Bowl. It's not going to happen. I have the same similar feelings right now about the Super Bowl, and I think that there's a chance that my idea might happen. I'm not suggesting that they need to go to Vegas every single year, although I would certainly be up for that. It's the ultimate city. It's gone absolutely smooth all week long. No issues whatsoever. Fingers crossed that the next 48 hours are nice and clean and we can get to 4.30 on Sunday with a Super Bowl kickoff and nothing but just football. I'm willing to sacrifice just a little bit here. And I think the NFL needs to do one thing here. They need to have a rotation of the Super Bowl between Las Vegas and New Orleans. I need a destination city. I need crazy chaos. This is the biggest, most important event in this city, or I mean this country, every single year. Sports, politics, whatever. It's the biggest event in this country every single year, and it should be treated as a week-long destination and a week-long celebration. Miami has hosted the most Super Bowls, 11 of them. New Orleans has number two with 10 of them. Los Angeles is eight, and Tampa's number four on this list for some crazy reason with five. Just get rid of Tampa. I don't care. I don't ever need to see another Super Bowl in Tampa, and I don't even need to see another stinking Super Bowl in Los Angeles. Get rid of it. Miami, no, I don't need that either. Here's my proposal. Vegas and New Orleans every other year. And guess what's happening, guys? This year, the, the Super Bowl is in Vegas, 
Next year, guess where it is? It's in New Orleans. It's the perfect rotation. Now, the next two Super Bowls after that have already been decided. Levi Stadium in, in Santa Clara and SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles again. I know you have to reward those. You have to take care of that. But after that and the success that we've seen in Vegas so far, why not do it? New Orleans is a fantastic destination where you want to go party and play for a week, and Vegas is the same. Come on, Roger Goodell. If you want to do what Johnny just talked about, getting bigger, better, stronger, faster, and I know that's what your goal is, give me two Super Bowl destinations, New Orleans and Vegas. Prayer in the ball game, KTIK, the ticket, the original kids' fair presented by Bymart. How about Saturday, February 24th, 10 to 6 at Expo Idaho? Make sure you're catching that. And Super Bowl 58, yes, our coverage begins at noon on Sunday. We got all the Super Bowl coverage here on KTIK, the ticket. Steelheads hockey tonight, JP. Let's get the feedback finale. Let's wrap this sucker up and get everybody ready for Super Bowl Sunday. Did you ever feel like telling Prater in the ball game there are a couple of dolts? Well, here's your chance. Text us at 208-424-9300. It's the feedback finale on Sports Radio, the ticket. Comes to us every day on the Cloverdale Plumbing text line, 208-424-9300. First off, we want to congratulate our winners of our big game party patrol. Prater's going to be seeing John and Jeremiah Sunday. I'll be seeing Luis and Melissa out in Canyon County. Johnny's got uh, Anthony and Ryan waiting for him to show up with some pizza. And uh, Bob's got Mark on the bench and uh, Ben. So we are glad everybody that registered. Uh, We will see you Sunday. Jim says, glad to hear you will have the big game on your station this Sunday. Having a few friends over to watch the game and we'll have the game on the radio in the bathroom. Don't want to miss a big play when you're getting rid of that beer you just drank. That was Johnny's idea, and I had never heard that before. And when I had to throw a Super Bowl party during the COVID year, I think, is that the year you guys came over? I think it, it was, was, yeah. It was, Tampa Bay, uh, Kansas City. That was my most important mission for that day. I thought it was such a brilliant idea. Put a radio on top of the toilet, and so people can listen to it. And uh, I think that's a beautiful idea. I've always done that, the Super Bowl parties, yeah. Get it's, the radio on, or, or outside if you do have... Folks who like to partake, maybe a, a cigarette or a cigar out back, have a have a boombox out back so they can have the radio on and still, you know, get their uh, burn their heater real quick. And if you don't have a radio, you can always stream it on an Amazon Alexa, your phone. However, we're streaming that as well. And Jim says he's going to have homemade tacos and enchiladas for the big game with some fresh guacamole and chips and salsa for appetite. Fresh guac. I think I'm going to do that. I won't make it myself, but I'll pray or I'll buy it fresh. No, well, no, that's not fresh. I've never made guac by myself. <laughs> like, I don't know how to make guacamole. I mean, I'm sure I can figure it out, but I've never made it. Experiment. Have you done it? Um, no, because... Because you don't... Um, I, I don't mind it, but the wife is really good at it, so I don't have to. Good for you, man. Jeff says, you all need to bet on more stuff. The Princess Bride is one of the best movies ever, and the book is even better, and Prater needs to watch it no matter what. No. And the Niners win 37-34, book it. I'm going to ask the listeners, if I do end up stealing this Camp Rainbow Gold contest, I'm going to get some help with the listeners. What movie are you going to ma- are we going to force Mike Prater to watch and pay attention to? And take a quiz on. Because if he doesn't pass the quiz, then he has to watch another movie we pick for him. He's not going to want to do that. Tim says, man, Coach Cutter's football knowledge is off the charts. Yes, thank you, Coach Cutter, for uh, coming on for... Uh, what the last four weeks? Four, 
the, during the whole playoffs. Yeah, and he's yeah. he's done it two years in a row. Yeah. And uh, we uh, we absolutely love maybe even three. I, I can't I lose track. He but, came on with some ammo today too, huh, Prater? Yeah, he's he's awesome. He's, I I just I just love talking to that dude. John says we're having Idaho Pizza Company pizza sandwiches twists liter of soda. Not sure which of you yahoos will deliver it, but looking forward to it. Thanks to KTIK. It's not me, uh, John. That's Prater. Prater's nice. coming over. Prater's going to John's house. Yes. John, I'll be there. You better uh, you better have a tequila shot for me, buddy. Uh oh. Wow. He's putting uh, conditions on it. Well, no. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just... Corey says, Johnny, you need to go to your Albertsons and get the prepared chicken wings. They are great. Maybe. I mean, again, I, everything is on the table. I check the text line periodically, so you can text the Cloverdale Plumbing text line between now and kickoff. If you have any suggestions, a solo Super Bowl, I want quality food, what should I do? Let me know. You're going to end up ordering a pizza. Ah, You're going to end up ordering a pizza. It'll be Idaho Pizza Company because they're our partners, but that's just a good chance, Prater. Yes, I will have a do they people say za? I'll have a za. No, nobody I, says okay, za. Okay, I'll have a pizza from Idaho Pizza Company. Um, Jake says <laughs> JP. a za. I'll have a za. I've never heard of that. I've heard that. Are you so lazy you can't say pizza? Look, I thought it was trying to be hip. Fine, JP, obviously you are the hip police around here. You tell me what's That's cool right. and, I'm, I, I'm and hip. I, I follow hook, line, and sinker, <laughs> bud. Jake says, does anybody else's wife read the full menu before you even get the menu? My wife, if we're going to go out to dinner or something, sometimes uh, she'll she'll look it up on the uh, internet. The My girlfriend does that every single time, Prater. Looks it up on the internet? Every single time we go to a restaurant in question, she has to look at the menu first on her phone, and then we make our decision. I de- this is my life. Where are you with that, Prater? You guys do that? Um... We don't have menu issues in my house. We have lots of other issues, but no menu issues. Because we were talking about that earlier with uh, you know going out to eat. Yeah, yeah, you go out to eat, you get a menu, you spend five minutes looking at it, and you and you order. Randy thought that uh, Al was cheating on Rock Jocks today, as did John the Surveyor, who said cheating. I didn't. I didn't get that feeling. I didn't get that. Feeling. Uh, I thought they were easy questions today. Easy-ish. Um, except the John, I thought he'd get the John Candy one. He didn't get that one. He got the Steve Young one. I knew the Steve Young. one. You did, so, yes. Um, so there you go. And the Whitney Houston one that was that the, was a tough one. That I, was. But I gave the Super Bowl twenty five. So if you know the Super Bowls in your math, like for me, Super Bowl twenty XX was the eighty five bear. So I always start there. If 85 was Super Bowl 20, well, that means the Super Bowl in 1988 had to have been Super Bowl 23. That's how I do everything, guys. And um, looks like Adam sent us a prop bet. So if you guys want to gamble, you can you can print out his photo. We're right. good. <laughs> We're good. Thanks, though, Adam. Don't forget, Super Bowl Sunday noon is our pregame coverage beginning at noon. Kickoff oh, 435, 440, 445, right around there. Next week, we got Diamond Dig... Um, uh, it's going to be tough for me to come in on Monday. There's no more football season, so you guys are going to have to help me there. I'll be fine Monday. Tuesday's going to be a little difficult. We'll, uh, we'll dive into the new world of Boise State football in our new season. In the meantime, ball game, go Chiefs. Go, I, I almost said it. You I'm going to say it. nothing. Prater, Johnny, JP, Idaho Sports Talk. You guys, we love you. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? Reality remains reality no matter how hard you try to ignore it. 
The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Again, I'm all here for the pop culture, people dating each other for the press. Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. Every so often, and by every so often, I mean literally every 27 seconds when the producer gets fired. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. 